0: Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris once again. Thank you for spending a little time with us. Your place for, oh, a whole bunch of things. A little laughter, a little joy, a little Bible, a little culture, a little everything. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining us.
1: One of the things we want to do is defend the faith with apologetics, and we also want to celebrate Christian living in the joy of our salvation. Yes. In that world, <laughs> we talk about Christian books, we talk about Christian movies, we talk about food. Food's a very important thing. Food's
0: yeah. like way yeah. up there. I don't well, think very many shows go by hey, where we don't talk about You may food. turn into
1: yeah, you may tune into some show and you you get them talking about recipes and it's boring. We'll make you laugh when we talk about recipes yes. because food it's food is fun. I don't know why, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we, we try to have a good time. Hey, speaking of good times, one of my good friends, and I'm not one of those hosts that say, hey, uh, everybody I've met for 10 minutes is a good friend. This is a legit good friend, and he's our special guest today. And his name is Scott Mills, and uh, Scott is joining us uh, right now on the guest cam. Woo-hoo! Scott, welcome from all the
2: way from Nashville, Tennessee. Woo-hoo. what's up everybody? Hey. thanks for having me on guys
1: yeah, great and Scott you you started a new organization. we'll get into your whole background and everything but you started a new organization with some other guys that i I find very, very cool. Um, great men of the Lord who just want to see Jesus's name proclaimed. you started a thing called Faith Film fan. Tell us a little bit about faith film fan before we get into your background and some of the other stuff I want to talk about when it comes to Christian movies.
2: Yeah, so we, because uh, it's been like three years in the making, we, um, um, I think it was June of 2020, which was, you know, you know, a lot happened in 2020, I don't yeah. know if you remember. <laughs> but, uh, were you masked up there, when you did this, uh, guy? We were driving down the road, and, and uh, the night before, I was in my hotel room at this event we were at, and I thought, man, we need to reach the fans of Christian movies directly. A lot of mm-hmm. marketing that goes on. Uh, goes through influencers and pastors and churches, which is great. But man, we burned them out with all these movies that have been coming out. And mm. thought, what if we could just give right to the fans? Like let's let's do something where we can engage them. And so that began the journey to get to this thing called Faith Film Fan, which officially launched um about six months ago. And mm-hmm. so you can go to FaithfilmFan and see it. But it's basically a fan site for Christian movies. So it doesn't matter uh what the movie is whether you know uh, some of the other things i do whether we're working on it or not or we have anything to do with it we just want to let every christian movie that's coming out in theaters primarily there are some if it's on streaming if it's if it's big if it's made by a, a christian filmmaker those types of things that we know or
1: maybe a friend and the movie is so small it needs help like i don't know like <laughs> bible idiots <man. laughs>
2: as long as it comes out in theaters so you need to put yeah, that right. at least one theater at least and, one
1: theater, uh, right. Uh, yeah, we sure. got it. We, we did a Bible Idiots promotion about four years ago because the movie's like seven years old now. And yeah. uh, when we did the Bible Idiots promotion, we, we did that through one of your other companies. And, um, you know, we watched it change thousands of lives, but I thought it was going to change hundreds of thousands of lives. You've been with projects like from the Kendrick brothers and the Irwin brothers where you've seen the hundreds, thousands of lives yeah. being changed by films. And in that world, is there one film that stands out to you? That's like, okay, that's that was a turning point for the good of that. That that's very very special. I know there's a bunch of them, but what one stands out to you, Scott?
2: Well, I mean, if you're asked kind of like what my favorite one has been, I don't know if that's exactly the question you're asking. <laughs> well, the question
1: but... is that kind of like the like kind of the favorite, yeah. but but the turning point for the Christian film industry yeah. also. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we're there that special moment. Yeah. So let's. You got two potential answers here. Your favorite plus then maybe a turning point for the business. Yeah,
2: those are two different answers. I'll give the first, which is a turning point. And it really is a season of Christian films. And it was back um, really 2011 maybe when it's kind of a season. Courageous, the movie Courageous came out. Mm -hmm. And back in those days, there were like two or three movies a year coming out. Uh, If that. Yeah. And so uh, I think that year there was three, the next year five. So like was really a low number compared Mm -hmm. to today where there's 30 movies coming out a year but um that was really a turning point that went from a few movies a year to now people began to see the power even though it it wasn't the first movie that did well from the kendrick brothers they had fireproof and facing the giants then other people had movies too that did well but that was the moment where it seemed like people began to take notice and then Mm -hmm. Then the following uh, two years, we saw God's Not Dead come out. That was a, a marvelous turning point um, because it did incredibly well, like shockingly well. It was a sixty million dollar box office, and it was completely because the faith community did it. Like they're yeah. like, this movie is us defending our faith that God is definitely not dead, and they went to the theater to say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna join with this message." And it was a turning point movie.
1: Yeah, God's Not Dead and and Courageous both were were big. I've got stories behind both of them. I'll give you the God's Not Dead one first. Uh, I would know when certain friends went to theaters because I'd get text messages that said yeah. God's Not Dead. <laughs> and after about twelve, it's like, oh, I guess Jimmy's at the theater. You
2: know, <laughs> you got a lot of those texts, and they were probably thinking you didn't know Jesus, and that's why they. <laughs> So I'm glad you have a lot of friends who weren't sure and they were like, yep. you know,
0: they you know, care. You no. Know. Now, yeah.
1: now Scott Mills is our special guest, and he is a uh, marketing guy out of Nashville, and you've got a ton of success in your background. Uh, you worked for Lifeway, you were vice president of LifeWay for a while. You've you've bring in, I think it's you know, ninety thousand number one songs, nine ninety thousand three hundred and seventy two number one songs came through your desk, something like that. It's a it's a big number.
2: I don't even know if there's been that many songs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But over 100 number ones, right?
2: 60 number ones. That a okay. radio nice. book, back
1: in the old days. Yeah. Back in the old days. See, in all radio people, we end up sticking together. It's not that we want to. It's that the universe says we have to. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, what, right. we, that's what we do. So Courageous, Emily and I go to watch Courageous in the, in the theater. And Emily, you can jump in on this too. But yep. as we're leaving the theater, I, and we had a really strong relationship with Family Christian stores at the time. I said, let's run over to Family Christian stores and see how many Courageous products they have. And I said, I bet you they're going to have four. And I named the four, and we went inside, and they actually had five, and I can't remember what the fifth one was. But they had the little promise ring. They had the, 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 resolution, yeah, the resolution and all that. Yeah. And so how much of that world can you talk about as far right. as the, the co-marketing with films to help fund the next one? And, and not everybody's just getting rich off this. A lot of this is funding that actually helps grow the industry, Yes.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and Cura- courageous is an anomaly. If you go way back there in those in that year, no, no one has ever, probably since then, been able to capitalize. Number one, all those Christian bookstores are no longer open. <laughs> so I know. So what you did a Family and even Lifeway, Lifeway on Courageous had a Courageous corner, like they literally branded a whole part of the store around Courageous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did. And, yeah, yeah, and they had all that stuff you mentioned: the resolutions, the books, the Bible studies. Yeah, all that, which was which was the point of those movies, you know, uh, being in the Christian world. This is a differentiator uh, for movies that aren't in the Christian world is that there's a purpose beyond the theater and people walk in to see a movie. But the goal of most filmmakers is that we we want them to engage God's word after the movie. And so it launches into what they hope is a follow up, you know, engagement into whatever that topic was, prayer, marriage. Mm -hmm. All yeah. kinds of things that have come out since then, but yeah, yeah, Fireproof was, was
1: kind of like the trailblazer for that. And Courageous, I think, yeah. I think that they learned from Fireproof, and then they really spiked the football on Courageous. I thought they did a great yeah. job
2: with that. Yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't happen. You got to really, as a filmmaker, that has to be your purpose because those Bible studies were written a year before the movie came out in a room with the Kendrick brothers and writers, thinking about before the movie was even finished. Here's what we put in the movie as themes for a Bible study on purpose, so that people would engage in Bible study. people don't make movies that way, except those guys. And so therefore, (laughs) sometimes a movie comes out like, hey, let's make a Bible study on the movie we made. It's just not as impactful, maybe maybe by the Holy Spirit himself saying you weren't intentional about about using this movie to get people into God's Word. I don't know. I don't want to pass judgment. We've got a we've
1: got a six weeks with the Bible Idiots study guide. Cause I mean, like, take Erwin Lutzer just as one example. I mean, we, we we had him for 30 minutes and then we were having so much fun. He stayed. I have 67 minutes of Erwin Lutzer dropping gold. He makes maybe 11, 12 minutes of the Bible Idiots film. So we wanted to use all that cutting room stuff and take people deeper into the same topics. Yeah. But it was hard to make after the movie. I think pre-planning it would have been would have been really great. Emily, what's your what's your take on some of this
0: stuff? Well, it's really interesting because the whole entertainment industry has really changed dramatically, and it seems like the consistent thing is it just keeps changing. I mean, from year to year, decade to decade, it's changing so fast. Um, years ago, we didn't have Christian movies per se. I think culture just accepted that biblical worldview even if even if they weren't necessarily Christians, culturally it was embraced yep. and accepted. That's no longer the case. And so um, as you've been working in whether it's music, whether it's filmmaking, whatever sort of entertainment people are seeking, what are you seeing as the biggest change in the way, that movies are actually put together, effective movies. When you're looking at movies, what is it that you see that makes makes you go, that's good, that will that will draw people?
2: So that's a great question. And I think probably we could go a long time just on this topic right here. But but um you know it's not just about the movie itself, although we all can watch a movie and decide whether it's good or not. Mm -hmm. You know we Lots of movies that aren't good, and uh, generally, it's poor production, or they didn't have enough money to do that the right way. Or
1: Emily, you can drop that. your amens in right now. This is Emily's big complaint. <laughs> you just, you just hit all three of her big yeah. arguments about Christian yeah. movies.
2: Yeah, but but it's uh, it's people trying their best to do what God's called them to do, and so Amen. you you have to um, as a Christian, you take that perspective. The world doesn't care. The world cares about making money. And so they got these Christian movies that draw an audience and put people in the theater and therefore make money. Some of them make money and they like that. So they make more because they're like that audience. It's like (laughs) horror movies. There's an audience for horror movies and they make a bunch of them really cheaply because that audience, they are, they don't really care that it's cheap. Um, they just like the movies. And so it's similar to Christian movies. that there's an audience that likes to see their faith on the screen, yeah, And so they're very gracious and they go to movies that aren't really made very well sometimes, but it perpetuates growth and the quality. And it's not just quality of the movie, it's quality of the marketing. Like we're, um, we have a movie coming out in theaters tomorrow. I don't know when this is dated. I don't know when this will be aired. This
1: is going to drop today as soon okay. as uh, Mike Shaw gets it edited and, and, and posted. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow on Friday, tomorrow. Yeah. April 28th, That's- this is April 27th, Thursday when we're recording. But Big George. Big Big
2: George, George Foreman. Yeah. Oh, nice! It was about Big George Foreman. That's a great story, obviously true story. It's a powerful movie. It's very made very very well. George Tillman Jr. is a director. He directed a ton of Hollywood films. Not he didn't come at it from I make Christian movies. Mm-hmm. He is a believer. Has an incredible story behind his faith, but he's coming in, you know, incredibly talented guy. Um, and he makes this really great movie and he had plenty of budget to work with. That's key. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Very (laughs) helpful.
2: It's the quality of acting uh, in a movie. Yeah. But here's the, here's the, here's the amazing thing. And I wish more Christian movies could do this, but. You know, we, we talk to churches. That's what we do in our, my day job about movies, publicity, radio, digital, social, all the different aspects, but this movie is a priority for the theater, the, the studio. And so they really spent a lot on marketing. So if you ever watch ESPN, if you watch the NHL playoffs, Chris, I know oh, you're any NHL oh, yeah. now, Yep. you probably see George Foreman commercials. Yep. Mm-hmm. And what happens there is all the work we do to engage the faith audience is now, uh, is now validated because mm. people see that trailer on a mainstream place, or they read about it in a newspaper or hear it on the radio in a place where they just normally listen and now are, it just changes how all that effort is done. So, so when a movie can do that, it changes its trajectory. And so we're about to find out if that was actually a, a, a working uh, method or not, but what ha- usually happens in, in Christian movies is they don't have the the money to go on ESPN <laughs> You're right. and right. Stay, it's always grassroots. It's just yeah. grassroots yeah. as you know. But-
0: it's kind of it's kind of encouraging, though, because you're talking about now going directly to the fans and starting that initial direct contact with fans versus having to go through those influencers like the church leaders and the churches and so on. Influencers I mean, that, are
1: great, but it's also nice great. to have the fans but that's in charge.
0: A, that's a good sign that you're now to the point where it's like, let's just go directly to the people, isn't it? Is that a measure at all?
2: Absolutely. And you and what you're seeing, another example of that is Angel Studios. Yeah. And you may be familiar with The Chosen, you know, it's a mm-hmm. great show. Yeah. And um, uh phenomenal show. It took me a long time to start watching it because probably like you, Emily, I'm like, I don't want to watch another Christian thing. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but I, I, I started watching it and I couldn't stop because yeah. it yeah. was Jesus. How he is in that show is just phenomenal. Well, yeah. I,
1: I, I'm so happy for Dallas uh, because his his attempt with uh, the, what was it called? The Burden of Gavin Stone or the Resurrection of Gavin Stone. Um, Resur- there was a family, a wealthy family that wanted to start investing in Christian films. And I approached them right at the, um, approached them. I got connected with them just for them to be able to tell me they never invest in another Christian movie as long as they live because they put up a couple mil for... Uh resurrection of Gavin Stone, which was a which was a, a big flop. And it wasn't that it was a bad movie. It just wasn't a great movie. But to see Dallas what he did, Dallas Jenkins, what he did with Chosen, I really think that when Jesus healed the leper in season one of Chosen is one of the best filmed Christian biblical moments uh of movie making history. That's how powerful that 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 scene was to me. I've had other people share. How the scene with Jesus and Nicodemus in the Chosen really impacted them. That's what I like about you know the Chosen, where the fans came and Dallas then put out some really good work at the on the on the heels of some colossal failure. It's it's many people don't even know these stories. It's all behind the scenes stuff that that you that you swim in every day, Scott.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's remarkable. That that whole story is a remarkable story because he was down uh, after that movie. But what's happened is, and this is the the key to our discussion on fans is that there's 25,000 people that have that have put the uh, chosen Angel Studios app on their phones. So 25 yeah. million people are um, engaging with that content. So what happens when you have a movie coming out? Yeah, 25 million app installs that you can communicate
1: <laughs> nice to be able to say hi, it's
2: really revolutionizing. The world a little bit because everybody's looking at that thinking, man, I wish we had thought of that. I wish we could have <laughs> got the main app installed because you have an audience now you can engage without having to go get a new audience. That's right. or or not pay
1: fall. Or pay to try to break in to find an audience.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know it's what that gets? pay a lot
2: to, to engage those folks digitally. Exactly. Digital yes. Software. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I think technology getting into the hands of everyday people, I think has really shaped and, you know, put forward the idea that, hey, you've got people that maybe they're not professional movie makers now, but they can dabble with the technology. And if they hit, if they hit it, if they strike a chord with with people who are watching this, um they can grow and they can connect and so it's almost like looking at the very inception of of filmmaking years ago you know only the wealthy people could do it only the people with deep pockets and they were the ones then telling the stories that's changed again now today yeah. because those cameras are in the hands of all people and, yeah, the and cost we're of- starting to tell our story. So um, how is technology either good or bad? How is that um, influencing filmmaking and and movie making
2: today?
1: Like the cost of entry is so low now. We've got so many different products out there. How do we differentiate between what's good and what's not?
2: Well, I think it's still an art form. And I think Mm -hmm. you still have people that have cameras that, you know, we all iPhones or Maybe you have an Android I'm sorry but
1: no uh, we're iPhone we're Apple okay. we're, we're stuck with that so, Go you know, ahead. we have
2: great cameras on our phones people have yeah. you seen all the stuff people have made with mm-hmm. that technology but it still takes an artist uh-huh. and it still takes great acting you can't a camera can't make you a better actor it might make mm-hmm. you True. look better yeah and so I yeah. think even what what happens though there's a there's a young um, young talented people coming up that are working and have a desire and God's put in their heart to go make Christian film, film with a faith driven message
3: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, that, um, and and they have the technology to be able to get into that sooner Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, uh, back to the Kendrick brothers when they were young, they had a big old, you know, VHS cam that they would make home videos on, right. Their parents get them a camera and well now like every, it's just changed. Like that same kid now has the, to your point, the tools to do, to do so many things you can buy a drone, you know, drone, you can get one for 150 bucks at Walmart, you know, like, yeah, no, Hey, hey, we,
1: we just filmed colors of character in 2018 and 19. And the drone cost versus what it is today, just less than five years later is like 5,000% cheaper. You know, in other words, to get this shot would cost me a thousand dollars. Now I can do that shot for like two bucks, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, you know you go out and shoot 20 different things all right let's talk about this this is something i want i want to get both of your opinions on because um i'm going to start by saying emily feels like this is one of the worst movies she's ever had to sit through okay and she's talking about production and acting i'm right. saying i'm saying it's the greatest film i've ever seen and to me Abol- i mean it Abolidious, is right? it, 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 no no <laughs> <laughs> touche oh wait i got i got something for that
3: <laughs> all right thanks
1: um but i love this movie more, i mean i got braveheart dances with wolves i mean some of these are my all-time favorites but this one is number one because i am a christian and because i know what kind of effort it took to make this kind of movie but to me uh flywheel will always be my favorite movie and it's the very first movie that the kendrick brothers ever produced and now before Emily gives you and Scott gives you uh, listening th- their take on it, I just want you to know they made it with one red camera. They raised twenty dollars to $30,000 through bake sales. They used church parishioners as actors. But the story told on camera with all of those things against them was as best as I think it could have been. And Alex Kendrick talks about the fact that one of his salespeople, there's a car lot that's part of the movie, and one of his salespeople, they finish shooting on Friday. Again, they got one camera. That means they're moving it all the time. The dialogue, this is painstaking movie making for rookie church filmmakers, okay? The guy over the weekend goes and gets his hair cut. So they got to finish the scene. So in this scene in the movie Flywheel, <laughs> he's got long hair for part of it, short hair for part of it, long hair for part
0: of it. Ding ding ding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and but to me going and, and in 2000 and I'll get to 2005 when Facing the Giants was coming out in a minute, but to me that was a that was such a special movie because of what was around it and because of the message that they gave in it. Emily, you get the next and then Scott's going to get final thoughts. Tell me why you disliked Flywheel so much.
0: Well, I didn't dislike you know Flywheel I mean. so much. Uh, but I, I couldn't finish watching it. It I was know. just very difficult. Um because we weren't there yet. You know what I mean? I'm I gotta admit I, I'm um what do you call it? I'm a hypercritical person. No. With everything. No. Um if there's a book <laughs> and it lulls a little bit, I'm putting the book down and probably not picking it up again. But here's the great thing about it. I couldn't watch it, but I am totally with you, and Chris, in recognizing that that's a stepping stone, because uh, you have to take that step mm-hmm. in order to take the next step. So bravo, good on you, but it doesn't make it necessarily it's not, it's, worth my time to sit down and, see, and watch. And see, to me, it that's makes all. it
1: doubly worth my time because of what I just explained. And But yeah, the acting, I mean, the one actress in there annoyed you so bad, you got up and left. And... <laughs>
0: Thing so meanly, wow. dude.
1: <laughs> there was a, there was an actress that wasn't hitting her marks very well. You found it off putting, so you removed yourself from but the room.
0: Here's the thing. Here's Is that better. Here's my prediction. Okay, I am a huge black and white movie fan. I love old black and white movies. There's even a few silent movies that I like because when you go back I wish you were to a silent movie, Chris. Yeah, I
1: know We really need to get on the silent movie trade. The other thing is every you know, I have I have to watch my sports in the basement. And I come up and she's got her black and white movies on. It's the same dialogue in every movie. I never loved you, Jimmy. Oh, Sally, say it ain't so. I've committed to you. No, Jimmy, we have to stop this relationship. I mean, it's the same thing. Rosebud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wrong, but All here's right. here's back my prediction to, back to faith. faith here's flywheel. my prediction. Just like black and white li- black and white movies are making a comeback mm-hmm. And silent movies are making a comeback because people are starting to see the real artistry that Scott was talking about earlier mm-hmm. They're seeing the real artistry and understanding the talent and the and the coolness of what they were doing with the resources that they had at the time and how things worked I think the same will happen Um, not just with Christian movies, but with all audio, video, music that's being produced right now and being put out there via internet. A lot of it's very unknown. But I think with time, people are going to filter through a lot of that stuff. They're going to find some gold and some gems that culture once again is going to really, truly appreciate once again. Do you think I'm wrong on that one?
2: Go ahead, Scott. I, I don't think so. Uh, I think. I mean, I think you're you're right on. I think, you know, um, it takes it takes a lot to get to where you want to go. And I think, yeah, you know, Flywheel. Uh, I I didn't watch that movie when when it happened. Most people probably didn't. In fact, it took all their other movies for people to go back and watch Flywheel. Yeah, once they became fireproof. Oh, they have other movies. I'll go find that one because that mm-hmm. one was just made for their church to see over like Easter or something. It was not even made for people and the masses to see but yeah. then they notice did is, oh, is, yeah well, vacation the giants. So it's up our budget to a hundred thousand dollars now yeah we'll make yeah. that you know and then you know then people took notice and then other people began to invest in their movies they were able to do more and and to i mean it's an incredible story of stepping stones right yeah but yeah. what was amazing is people went back and watched flywheel and most kendrick fans will say it's their favorite story Really? Not their favorite yeah. movie. Right, favorite exactly. Movie. I'm
0: on with that, movie. yeah.
2: Yeah, and
1: story, so. here's the other thing. 2005 Dallas NRB, they, they're they starting for the very first time this faith um, breakout session. I'm sorry, film break breakout session. And the reality is, is that if you, well, first of all, NRB, for you listening, not knowing what that is, that's the National Religious Broadcasters Convention, 3,500 to, uh, to 4,000 industry executives from radio TV some of the major churches all kinds of stuff converge usually in Nashville or Orlando in this time we were to be in Dallas and so they had this you know faith breakout they have the music breakout they have you know the church breakout they have the radio stations the TV guys well the film people there was only 30 of us in a room only 30 people were part of the faith breakout session Alex Kendrick showed facing the giants the brock death crawl scene during that that breakout session and 29 of us cuz alex would have been 30 <laughs> 29 mm. of us gave it a standing ovation for a minute and um you know a year later emily and i are the hot morning show in phoenix and this movie's going to come out and so i started promoting on our show every week we'd have you know the faith movie go to the go to the movies this weekend go on opening weekend you know just just hit it hard and it just changed. Well, you go to NRB today, Scott, and there's over a thousand people in the faith breakout session. So everybody's wanting to get in, get involved. And the Kendricks and the Irwins kind of blazed the trail in their own way. And you were kind of there for all of it, weren't you? Uh,
2: I came along. I came along. Um, you know, uh, after it kind of got rolling. But to see the, I, I've been able to see the growth and. You know i don't really stop and think about it that often because we're in the middle of doing yeah. stuff but yeah when i look back it's it's pretty remarkable really is to see a, an industry begin and grow to become its own thing you know and strong it's getting stronger to where it'd be really hard for it to go away
3: yeah, yeah. yeah
2: it's kind of entrenched and there's also is getting into other things like episodic things and you know things like Pureflix now making exclusive content to their platform. That's the, just started doing that last year, where you know just like Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that, they make movies for their platform for the people that are members. That's what draws memberships in. Right. And now Pureflix is doing the same thing. And every month you'll see something brand new that they created just for their viewers on Pureflix. And so yeah. that's that's also a a, a new thing that's. Happening in our space behind maybe other people who did it, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. following the curve. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely making an impact and, um, you know, um, and giving it other platforms for these young filmmakers to put things where maybe it's not theatrical. Maybe they can't, that's a whole other bucket of money you got to go get to get it out to the theaters. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe you make something and it goes to a streaming platform. That's actually a viable option these days.
1: Yeah, um, awesome.
2: Other things out there. So Yeah. Scott Mills
1: is our special guest. FaithFilmFan.com is the website. And I know many of you that are listening, you are probably a Faith Film fan. Um, and you want a platform, you want to know where you can go and be with other believers and talk about movies and see what's coming out. Go to that website. Um and, uh, Scott, we're just glad that you're with us. And I got a couple more questions. Emily, you're up.
0: Uh, well, one of the things, you know, I was talking earlier how I love black and white, white movies. I love those old movies because at the time the biblical world view was generally accepted. And that would shine through even in just the average movies often. Um, my question for you is, do you think there's a possibility... That through these Christian movies that are being made, that we might make that crossover back um, to where movies just kind of become movies again, or do you think that that chasm just is going to continue to divide? Because we do see a very stark what chasm is that the the chasm between what would be considered a secular movie right now and a Christian movie. Because I don't think the Christian movies that are being put out there necessarily Mm -hmm. um, are are reaching, they're, not, they're obviously not reaching just Christians. There's other people that are seeing it and lives are being changed and so on. So I'm wondering if through this, you know, the movie-making industry will come back and they'll kind of meld together where movies are just movies again, not necessarily this is a Christian movie, this is not a Christian movie. It, but that chasm, that stark difference between
3: faith yeah.
0: yeah. Will that yeah. continue to divide, or will that begin to maybe disappear as as a as a broader audience begins to consume these Christian purposeful movies?
2: Yeah. What's the trend, Scott? Yeah, that's a that's a great another great question. Um, <laughs> that's why much. the show. That's why it's her show. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't. It, you know, who defines a movie as a Christian movie? Right. Is it the filmmaker? Is it the viewer? Uh, is it the content because there's tons of great movies out there that have a a Christian worldview, like you might even say Avengers movie mm-hmm. yeah. movies have right. Christian Les
0: Mis yeah. definitely has a Christian influence. Yeah. Red there. Sky,
1: Red Sky made Finding You, which I thought was a solid movie that wasn't necessarily on the nose Christian, but then you've got Noah, which was made by Hollywood trying to be a Christian movie that was just terrible. I yeah. mean, so
0: but you had like like you have Sidney Poitier doing Lilies of the Field, and you have. Um, Spirit of St. Louis, you know, these are stories that people told years, years, years ago where the church and Christianity had a a big influence in the telling of those stories. Mm -hmm. And that was cool.
2: Yeah. Back to you, Scott, what uh, do you think? I think you'll find that do movies reflect culture or does culture reflect movies? Good question. You know, because I think back in those days, you know, uh, Christianity and our faith was was more part of everyday life, you know, yeah. but today it's not. Yeah. Part of it's not part of it's our part of our everyday life, but not part of the culture's life. And so in fact, sometimes you may feel like you're under attack as a Christian today. But that's mm-hmm. another topic for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, but um so I think it's just a different culture. So there's been a lot of people that are that are Christians who made movies and really tried hard to make it not be a Christian movie. But the problem they always have is I still want to reach the Christian audience. Mm -hmm. So as soon as they begin marketing to the Christian audience, it becomes a Christian movie because they have Mm -hmm. to say it in order to get the Christian audience to come out, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or what they do is they don't say a word, but they drop $20 million on advertising. That's the only way to do it. If you don't want to go reach the Christian audience, because then you'll reach them through media and they'll see it out there in the, in the media world. So it's just, nobody has that kind of money generally in this world, in this Mm -hmm. space, to transcend. I don't want this to be labeled as a Christian movie, you know, but I got Christian values in it. I got things in it that I want, you know, I want to put out there. So it's just this um, battle of, you know, I want to be a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian movie, but I need the Christians. Yeah, that's true. So so it becomes a really more of a marketing thing than it does. What is this film? Yeah. What is, you know, is it a Christian? Does it have a Christian message that people that are Christians would love or, uh, or, you know, will it be an outreach type of movie, which honestly I get, I get, I get frustrated with people that call movies outreach or not, because who are we to, to say that when people come to see courageous, they walk out and get saved and remove their tattoos from their body because they've had a life change and they don't want those anymore. You know I mean? There's people that didn't know Jesus, people that hated people come in and find love, you know? yeah, that's what we're trying you know, to do a, with churches you know, and with movies and with podcasts. Yeah. It's a movie mm-hmm. for the, the church choir, you know, but it's mm-hmm. people that don't know Jesus are reached by them. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think uh, as a filmmaker, you have to wrestle with that, but you really need to land on uh, who you are going to be. And yeah. Well, guys, and when
1: you land there, me. Scott, when you land there, Scott, you have to be okay with it. You have to be okay with the results that come, whether good, yeah. bad, or otherwise. I mean, I was criticized by name in a publication out of California for putting too much Jesus in colors of character. Uh, the, I think the quote is Director Danielson completely missed an opportunity for civil rights promotion. It was all, you know, you've seen the movie. You were part of the marketing team with the movie. I, I, I to this day, don't have one ounce of regret. That's Steve's story. That, the story right. is Jesus. And then there's people in Steve's world that have come to know Jesus because of the movie. Done. I, I, yeah. my my work here is done. I mean, you know, pit boss, I'm out. you know. <laughs> and right. And so right. that balance between wanting to share the love of Jesus osmos of, you know, through osmosis versus going direct to the gospel presentation, like there's a Christian filmmaker out there. I'm not going to say by name, but almost every one of his movies are just cringy. And you watch the movie, and it's just like all of a sudden Stephen Baldwin will do a camera turn and then just share the straight gospel out of context for the storytelling. And it's it's like, where is the fine line? And is it a constant moving line of we need to just share Jesus through osmosis, through regular storytelling, versus we need this to be spot on gospel and I want somebody to come to know Jesus through this film. Are you seeing filmmakers struggle with that? And are you seeing some people shoot themselves in the foot on either side of this?
2: Well, I think, I think people have got to understand where we are as a culture, because if movies can impact culture, then I don't care if you're a Christian movie or not, you have the power to do something good in the world by having a movie that can impact culture positively. And so and we we believe that the best way to impact culture positively is through the message of Jesus. And so the gospel. And so mm-hmm. as a Christian, why would that not be your number one message? Right. So I think they wrestle with it. They don't always think of it that way. They're just making a a story they think will you know be successful and yeah. recoup its money so they can make another one, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um because not all filmmakers are um, resolute with the calling God has on their life of you know God's called me to to use movies to make an impact on culture and I see that with with the more the more established like the Kendricks Irwin's like they're working hard to impact culture Jesus mm-hmm. Revolution was a great movie of historical uh his, historical stuff that is still relevant today and inspired people today to a 50 million dollar box office that will continue to resonate beyond the theater uh, as we remember that, uh, what happened back in the seventies. But, you know, so uh, I think a lot of it is filmmakers just got to understand who they are, what they were called to be and go make content that reflects that, whether it's a Christian movie or whether it's the next Avengers movie.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Scott, Scott
1: Mills, Scott Mills is our special guest, uh, faith filmfan.com is, is the location of the new project. It's where you and I and Emily and all of us can get together and, and, and just love on, on movies. I want to ask a little bit about the podcast, but uh, Scott, y- y- you, uh, you have Engage Media. Basically, every major Christian movie in some way, shape, or form comes across your desk. And you know, again, I don't want to you know, open a can of worms here, but you know, the Irwin brothers got Lionsgate. They're basically their bank now. And the story with the Kendricks with Sony's a little bit different, but I love the story of the, the Kendrick brothers pitching war room, the concept. That, that's yeah. one of my favorite stories. Um, how much is that changing there? Because they both, with Sony backing and Lionsgate backing, they have an opportunity that a lot of independent Christian filmmakers will never have. Yeah. Um, how big of a difference is that as you see all these movies come across your desk every day?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, the biggest problem people face is funding. You know, because mm. and that's that's another aspect of of what we we're just talking about, which is there aren't many things that you can have such an impact with with the money that someone would spend. And there are not many things in the Christian world that spend this kind of money, like yeah. I don't care the book release or uh, an event or whatever it might be like. These are the most expensive things we do in our in our faith media world. And so for and Sony and Lionsgate are not Christian companies at all they are people that see this as a business opportunity and they understand what we talked about way earlier in this conversation is the christians are an audience that will buy tickets
3: mm-hmm. and
2: so that's why they're do that of course sony has a different model because they have sony affirm they have a company that just does christian film lions Lionsgate doesn't necessarily have that they sort of developed it with kingdom story yeah with the Irwin. yeah the but, Irwin
1: brothers are now uh, kingdom storytelling company
2: yeah And so those are really two, I don't know many other, if there's any other people besides those two groups that have that kind of backing and that backing will only last as long as their success. (laughs) Right, right. right. Like any other business, because that's what that is. Most people are out there and and even those guys were out there, you know, hitting the pavement, trying to find somebody who who could see the dual investment of finance, a, a solid financial investment. As well as a solid you know spiritual investment of life change happening from this product and certain investors like to have those two things right i want my money to make a difference for mm-hmm. the kingdom and i want to be able i would like to have a sound investment i'd like to make my money back and yep. you know reinvest it again that's a that's yeah. nothing wrong with having a sound investment okay. that's how we should all be trying to go about this right you yeah. know return so i think um most filmmakers mm. you know just struggle it's hard to go out there and find that money and and, well, uh,
1: the, the problem the problem is is because I've been out there looking. I mean, we have two more documentaries we still want to make sometime in our life. And if, if God says no, we are completely content with that. If Colors of Characters is the last movie I ever make, I'm more than fine with that. Uh, I'm a pastor of a church in Iowa. That's my number one thing. Nothing's going to influence that. But I, I when I got this job, Scott, I told him, I said, some people, some pastors hunt, some pastors fish. I create content whether it's podcasts or films or whatever and you and I still have a dream of putting these other two podcast uh, other two documentaries together but the funding is not available and the main reason is is that the odds of it actually giving a financial return on investment are so slim and the odds of it having a return on investment kingdom-wise are kind of high I mean if you make a good documentary and it influences people it's it's good for the kingdom but how yeah. How do you see the, the culture changing? I really feel like the opportunity to raise money for an independent filmmaker is just about gone. I, am I wrong there?
2: I don't, I don't think so. I think there are still people that want to get behind somebody who has a great message to share. You know, there's um, some friends of mine put out a documentary called The Fatherless Epidemic. And they're, they have a ministry where they serve kids whose fathers don't exist any more in their life or there maybe their fathers are exist, but they're they're absent mentally. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just to raise awareness, but also to provide hope for, hey, there we can all step up and be a father to the fatherless. Yeah, you know, we can, do something we can take into a ball game or whatever. And so that's, it's, it's a it's a hopeful documentary, 60 minutes long. And they they made this movie from their own pockets and they put it out on YouTube a month ago. Hmm. It's had almost right. It's going to pass sixty thousand views of that film in the next week. So it's, wow. it's uh, a lot of people are watching it. Yeah. And become well, aware. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, they're be- just becoming aware of the issue of the ministry. And it's being used to really just create awareness for all of that, and it's good for them.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: that people are becoming more aware of their ministry. You know, yeah. so they had a different kind of purpose, and they do hope to make money from it. To, just to help support the ministry, yeah. you know, find yeah. new donors or whatever. So uh, yeah. they made it real easy. You didn't have to sign up to get it. You just went on YouTube and watched it.
0: So, yeah. I love that. I that and and I want to, I want to talk just a little bit about that. Just the influence that social media is making on the filmmaking industry, because it seems like to me um, <clears throat> just the way that people consume social media I'm wondering if that's opened the door to some of these um, non-professional big movie making company bits like the one that you just talked about. Because people now will sit down with social media and they will they'll scroll through and consume a ton of media that I don't like that. I don't like that. Just to find that little bit of gold. And I'm yeah. wondering if maybe that has helped open the doorway for these uh novice movie makers who do have a really good message, have a message right. that specific people are looking for um and and if it's not, you know, that epic motion picture, that's okay. Do you think social media has played a role in the way that we now consume media that that these these newer movies, these smaller independent movies really have more of a chance maybe to, you know, be viewed by massive numbers of people.
2: Absolutely. It's probably the single most important thing that's happened in the last 10 years. I know for Christian movies, but I'm sure for all movies. And I'm not a filmmaker per se. I have some projects I'm working on in that regard. But I'm sure that when a guy's get ready to make a movie that he can even look at other people's product projects to determine the crew he wants to hire for his movie. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I need a good, I don't know, gaffer or whatever they're called. You know, different, <laughs> and, Best uh, boy. You know, but yeah, whatever they are. And, and, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm that guy I can put my work out on, on YouTube or Facebook yeah. or Instagram, probably not Facebook anymore. That's, I guess for us older people, but, but, um, you know, but, uh, I mean, I can say I can I can I've many stories about how social media has blown up a project. You know, we always we all watch things like like The Voice or whatever, where we hear, oh, this is the YouTube sensation. You know, Carla, and she was found on YouTube, and you know, you know, we or this TikToker is now you know TikTok yeah. famous. Mm-hmm. You know, all yeah. those things are reality, and I think if you know how to use those tools, and that's also where a lot of movies put a lot of money is to advertise there that's where we're all living a couple hours a day is checking that stuff out and we get hit with it and they know how to reach us there and it's relevant to us because they spent money to find us through relevant advertising so when we see it we're like oh that's for me you know i, I gotta mm-hmm. i gotta check that out so it's a mm-hmm. remarkable uh phenomena there i remember when god's not dead back to that one came out this was like again this was like 2014 i think when it came out i remember the trailer at the time, Duck Dynasty was really popular.
3: Mm-hmm. They're still
2: popular, but, but they were at the height of their popularity. And in the trailer was a, a clip of Willie and Corey Robertson. They were in the movie for like 10 seconds. Yeah, And we posted that trailer. Not nowadays when the trailer launches for a movie. It's very calculated. It's at a certain time. It was sometimes mm-hmm. with a partner like People Magazine or whoever else. Can right. we'll, we'll release the trailer to millions of people. But back then, that wasn't the case. So we, we put it up at where I was working at the time. We put it out on our Facebook page, which was nothing. It was like 2,000 people that followed us. And uh, it was amazing what happened in the next day. Um, we, we, be, we we made the still th- uh, image of that tra- of that trailer that Willie and Corey pick. And dude, that thing went like gangbusters. Like we could almost yeah. watch the ticker And we went from 2,000 to 25,000 followers in one day. And then that that page that we were promoting, and I went to a six figure number just from that, just from that trailer. Now, algorithms changed. All that stuff has changed a ton since then. And I don't know a lot about that, but it's just harder to do that today. But back then, it was a phenomenal thing to see. And uh, we got in trouble for releasing the trailer because we, should, we weren't the ones that were supposed to do it. But uh, <laughs> <day> <laughs> not, they, they make that movie incredibly impactful. I and mean, social media yeah. was a huge part of that. Yeah. The, the, that movie... This is, again, the first time we ever saw social media in a movie campaign, you know, got, got that movie half a million followers on their Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. You know, so well, was,
1: Harold Cronk um, Harold came in and filmed a movie called Bless the Broken Road, and he came to Berlin Raceway. And I was the vice president of Berlin Raceway, and I set it all up for him to do where Berlin is actually like a character in that movie. And Harold is the director of God's Not Dead. And so we we had a conversation. He came over to the little radio station, internet radio station headquarters we had there in West Michigan, and I started laying out Bible idiots. I started saying, you know, this is we're making this documentary, and right now the working title is I believe uh, I believe in the Bible. Am I an idiot? And we're thinking of shortening it to Bible idiots. And Harold told me he said you, that that name will hurt you, and and he was right. Okay, but it was also an opportunity for me to ask him, did having Willie and Corey Robertson in that one minute, they were literally a cameo, one to two minutes in the film, but yet it was in every trailer. Do you think that made a difference? And he just smiled and wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he knew that we were onto something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and again, we've been really close to Duck Dynasty to see what you know what that phenomenon as far as going all the way to White Hot to now coming down to, to more reality, and they'll always be famous. But uh, the the gospel around that family... And Phil has said a lot that the fact that they prayed at the end of every episode really made an impact. It's like 9-11, two weeks after 9-11, every church is full. And when Duck Dynasty came up, all of a sudden there was a quasi-Christianity might not be as bad as it, as it seems. We can, we, can, we can work at that. And the perfect storm came out and God's not dead. Do you, do you feel like I'm accurate?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just timing, all that came together. It made an impact on that movie release for sure, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And we don't know what the next one's going to be. And Scott, you're the guy who's supposed to manufacture that stuff, <laughs> you manufacture right. hits, right? You're the hit maker. <laughs> All right, Emily, you got one more question for him because we're running I out do. of time.
0: This is, a, yeah, I don't want to keep it too long. This is, um, kind of a weird one, but just think about it for a minute because I really want to know. Right. Number one, I want to know what your favorite movie is, doesn't have to be a Christian movie, just what is. Scott Mills, who is he? Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your favorite movie? But more importantly, because that's just the curiosity part of it. More importantly, why? Why does that movie, why does that story connect with you so much?
2: Okay. I'm going to answer that with three movies. I hope you know, okay.
1: <laughs> my God.
2: We, we can go then, there, yeah. One of them is is probably one of my favorite, what I would call a faith film that I got to work on. And I'll, I'll tell you about that one last I I grew up in in the Midwest. Uh, Joliet, Illinois is where I grew up. been there. So probably far from where you guys are there. But uh, And so uh, one of my favorite movies of all time was the movie Rudy. I know Mm. what you were expecting, but I'm a huge sports fan, and Rudy Mm. is from Joliet. And so when I saw that movie and I went to Joliet Catholic school and all that, which I did not go there, but I knew it and knew the football team. A lot of people went to Notre Dame from Julia, played for the Bears, all that stuff, and so I was a big fan of that movie because I recognize where he's from initially, but then I just loved the, the underdog story, and so that was one of my that's one of my all time favorite movies. And then also being from the Midwest and another sports movie was the movie Hoosiers.
1: I was gonna say yeah. Hoosiers,
2: <laughs> and maybe that's stereotypical of people my age from the, from that part of the world, but yep. But I like that movie it was also inspiring for the same reasons. Uh, just a good comeback story. And, um, you know, and both are
1: based on both are based on true stories. That's kind of ironic, too.
2: Yeah. And I played basketball and in yeah. Illinois, Indiana was right there. And just a lot of connections to that story. But those are probably two of my, my favorite non-Christian films.
1: All right. Here comes um, the big I, show stopping number. What you got?
2: A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with uh, the story of Mr. Rogers. Uh, Yeah, you did work
1: on that. I remember that
2: with uh, Tom Hanks uh, playing Mr. Rogers. I learned so much about Mr. Rogers in that campaign. And he was a remarkable man Mm -hmm. that I really came to admire because of Mm -hmm. who he was and what he stood for and how he did it and how he, um, you know, really espoused Christian values a ton in his personal life, in his show. And how he even challenged things in his own way, like racism and things like that that we all know about. Um, How he talked to kids and how kids responded to him. So anyway, I just loved that movie. I loved how Tom Hanks portrayed him and and what that movie was all about. So that was one of my favorites to work on. And really, you know, campaigns that we work on can be a lot of fun. They can be stressful. They can be depends on who is there leading it and who else is on the team. That was one of the most joyful uh teams because it was mr rogers and so every day was like you know have a beautiful day you know have yeah. a beautiful day, <laughs> well, day be you know? my
0: neighbor oh, well. yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> i so. love it
1: you gotta take off the jacket put on the sweater you yeah. gotta take off the shoes the and t- put shoes. on
0: the slippers yeah. or the
2: tennis shoes or whatever yeah fantastic.
0: all right any final thoughts you want to leave with us today
2: no thank you guys for the conversation i've enjoyed it very much um it's an exciting time to be in media i Excited about your podcast and, and just what God has in store for you guys with that. And so just glad to be a part of it today and enjoy enjoy talking about movies. It's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, and this was
1: our introductory, uh, just kind of getting to know each other, our new equipment, our new show. Our new show is just getting started. But, Scott, we're hoping that you come back on at least monthly and talk about this month in Christian sure. films. I think yeah. that would be fantastic. Again, faithfilmfan.com is the website and um that's that tell tell us real quick we only got a minute left with you yeah. um uh i mean we could talk all day we we have the time yeah. you just don't <laughs> you got people waiting for you at the top of the hour <laughs> uh tell us a little bit about um the uh Oh, I lost my train of thought now. Just it just escaped me. That happens. It was, a, wow. it, was, it was I know, right on the air live we can't stop this Here, here's either. Here's how you can
2: engage Faith Film Fan. Maybe that's where you were going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> um the podcast, you you got a really cool podcast host, you got some stuff going. Just un- uncork the the elevator pitch for Faith Film Fan cuz I think the Christians want to be a part of the movement if you want to call it that or the brand of being a fan of faith films and having now a location a podcast all of it i mean it's you guys really i think it's so cool tell us that elevator two minute thing
2: yeah so faith film fan has just just a few things for fans one it has all the new releases that are out now and coming out so it gives you an uh, update on what's coming next so as soon as they become official you know we know about a lot of things in the works Mm -hmm. once they official a press release comes out they go on our website so you can see what new releases are coming uh to theaters or even in some cases streaming uh we list out uh, popular movies from from the past so you can kind of look through uh discover and look look through where maybe where they you can find them like if you want to find out where uh facing the giants is now you can go there and it'll give you a link to where it's streaming or that's where you can awesome find it. So it gives you that we have movie news, so you can read all kinds of uh, news features on what's happening in movie world. We have a podcast, as you mentioned, Rick Altizer, a yeah. podcast host. Now, who, who's and, he? Tell everybody who he is. Yeah, Rick is a former music artist from a long time ago and now filmmaker. He made several documentaries. Too. He made a couple of Shonda Pierce movies, a mm-hmm. Staff movie he made show me the father with the Kendrick brothers um, is one of his most recent releases, a really great movie. That's a great and movie. So, so he still does that. He's got other projects in the works, but he, he's the host of our podcast and our podcast is very timely, meaning like our latest podcast is with um, Rich Peluso, the head of Sony Affirm films around the release of big George Foreman. Mm-hmm. So you can go hear what Rich has to say about that movie. And in generally we are on, you know, if there's two, two or three movies coming out this next month, you'll hear about those in our podcast with somebody, an actor, a director, or somebody from that movie, um, on our podcast. So uh, it's awesome. very, very new. The podcast is only maybe ten episodes out now. So uh, we do two a month, so you'll, you can stay tuned to that and check that out on the uh, website. You can also be a fan and go there and sign up to be a fan. So we yeah. just click the button, join our email list. What happens when you get on our email is we send you. That same content via email and whenever there's a new movie coming out like george foreman tomorrow you'll get an email the day before just letting you know reminding you that the movie's coming out the next day and so um uh, those are just some of the things that we do to keep you informed um, about what's new in faith films
1: yeah awesome what was the name of the plugged in movie review guy from focus on the family back in the day i think he's passed now what was his name bob somebody He's uh, he's retired. He's not back. Uh, oh, he, okay. He's retired. I knew he was. He was. He was somehow gone. Forgive me.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. He's uh, living right now, like everybody should when they retire. Right yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was his last name, Bob? Um, he had a really hard last name, Chris. I, I can't believe you're even asking us to try to remember that
1: right now. I know it's something. Anyway, Bob. Bob had this focus on the family plugged-in movie review. Yeah. And somehow, uh, through that you know, me trying to get into Faith Films and wanted to promote Faith Films, he became a regular every Friday on our show, like live. He would come and just call in and be on our show. And so we've kind of felt special, you know, that we had we we had his his undivided attention but we would not we would we would review the movies and i want to do the same thing with you now this is your long form with us and and thank you yeah. for that it's introductory we're just getting this thing started but i just can't wait for you to come back and us to do that like plugged in movie review kind of thing through the through the lens of faith film fan because that's really at the end of the day what what we are i want to get into the next time scott i want to talk about storytelling and how i want to see some legit Likeable Christian characters in secular films. That's my that's my dream, because we've up. watched we've watched the other people. I mean, look, I think that the uh, you know the LGBTQ agenda was pushed forward faster by Will and Grace in a likeable gay character, more so than any other propaganda, because storytelling is that powerful. I'll give you the final thoughts, Scott, and then then we got to let you go because you got people waiting on you.
2: Yeah, no, thank you guys so much again for this time. Everybody, head to the theater this weekend, go see Big George Foreman, and look forward to seeing how it does. And thanks, thanks again for letting us come and chat about that today, guys. Appreciate you.
0: Uh, we appreciate yeah. you. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, just for willing to come on on the show with us today.
2: Awesome.
1: awesome, Emily. Did you figure out that guy's name or no?
0: Starts with a W. I can't, I don't, I don't remember
1: how to say it. Wyskowski or something like that. Yeah. 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 Something like that.
0: Wyskowski, you didn't do your paperwork.
1: (laughs) No apology (laughs) with Emily and Chris. Scott Mills has been our special guest, Mike Shaw. And also we've got another person we're going to introduce you to. His name is Jeremiah. All coming up. Stay with us.
0: Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. I'm Emily Danielson. I'm happy you're with us today. If you haven't checked out the website, freshroadmedia.com, that's where this is all coming to you from, and there's lots of things for you to do there. Number one, if you need prayer, we have a team of people who are willing to pray for you. Now, these are people that we totally trust. These are born-again Christians, and they are committed to faithfully prayer pray for anyone. Who wants it? Because we know the power of prayer. Just go to FreshRoadMedia.com and click on Prayer Warrior or Prayer. You'll see it. It's yeah, Just go to Prayer at Yeah, And if you're watching
1: on Rumble or YouTube, at the bottom of the screen, it says FreshRoadMedia.com. And one of the things that this website has that's so cool is an opportunity for you to participate in the show.
0: Absolutely. Go and
1: click on that link and you can record a voice message for us about whatever topic we're talking about. And we don't have anything listed there right now that says the topic this week will be XXXX, you know, YYYZZZ. We will have that in the future. But right now, if you want to go, you can leave a comment about the show. You can leave a comment about any of the topics we're talking about because we'll probably circle back around. Mm -hmm. And coming up, in a little bit on the show today, is a just a parishioner, a guy that I know that I've had some coffee with. I'm like, you, you, and I should have these conversations on camera with Emily on her new show. I love and it. And he's planning on coming on to do his inaugural. He's never been behind a microphone in this setting before. And his name's Jeremiah. We're excited to have him. But today we bring back our regular guy, our news director, the studio producer, the guy for Fresh Road Media, help and make all of this happen. I don't think we could have even gotten here without him, Mike Shaw's back in the <laughs> back in the studio.
4: I love that. I mean, you made that up so many years ago, Mike. Whenever I say your name, I have to say Mike Shaw. Mike Shaw. Mike, Mike, Shaw. Mike, Shaw. Mike Shaw. And so yeah. now you have people at the church saying it. Yeah. So welcome <laughs> right. to Iowa, Mike Shaw. Mike Shaw. And my <laughs> voice to fun.
0: text always it, it corrects me to make sure. Oh. So yeah. m- make sure, Mike Shaw. Make Mike sure Shaw, it's Mike Shaw, Shaw. Mike Shaw, yeah. Yeah. make sure.
1: And I always like to talk about your brother, Rick.
4: Yeah, my brother, Rick. <laughs> We're <was> so <laughs> proud of him. He's in transportation. He's <laughs> <laughs> in transportation.
0: He's been very successful.
1: Yeah, Rick Shaw. He's a
4: household name. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I um bum Oh, I have sound yeah. effects I can play. There, <laughs> there, we, there go. we go. Wow. Yeah, it'll get better. It'll get better over time. My brother's name is Chris, <laughs> so there's So there you go. There you go. Awesome. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, you talk pray. about Jeremiah coming up on the show. Yes. Um, he's actually my neighbor. so That's correct. That is correct. <laughs> he also leads a Bible study that I go to on Tuesday nights. Also correct. Correct. Very yeah. good. And he saw Sascotch once. Saw what? He what, what? A Sasquatch once. He, he saw, saw a Sasquatch, sasquatch? once? <laughs> I was giving you a an opportunity. <laughs> I was giving. I
1: know. Mike Shaw, what did you say? Uh, so he saw a Sasquatch once. He saw a Sasquatch <laughs>
0: once. Oh, that's
4: my brother Rick.
0: No, so anyway. I'd like to see voice text spell that out. Uh, what know, did you
4: yeah. say? <laughs> he saw a Sasquatch once to give you an opportunity to use the other sound effect.
1: Oh. <laughs> there it is. I Thank hit you. them both on accident. Right, yeah, I'm still getting used to this. I missed I rehearsal. Emily sorry. can tell you from from 20 years on the on the air with me. Once I get these down, it's gonna be oh, a. It's gonna be great. Uh, it's yeah. gonna be a blast. Today so we do have to day. give you here's my here's my favorite here's yeah. my favorite. We gotta thing give to him do. opportunity
0: to practice. <laughs> my favorite yep. thing
1: to do is when somebody's just, as a guest is just droning on to just <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
4: bring up the crickets. <laughs> yeah. The other one is that elevator music. Do you know which one that is? I think it's on the next page. Uh, i think it's on the next page third one down yeah on the left. yeah that's the one there right. it is mm-hmm. yeah that's the nice. other one you could, i love
0: that i love the 1960s 70s like lounge music or yep. whatever you want to call it that elevator reminds, music that
4: reminds me of a cartoon where they're just waiting for stuff and it's like da, 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 da. yeah grocery yeah.
0: store music
1: yeah, yeah yeah for sure all right mike shaw is yeah. our news director we got yep. a new story that we're doing right on way off and then right we're going to end today's program with uh, somebody who's going to make their broadcasting debut. Woo-hoo. But uh, Mike Shaw, yeah. and his name's Jeremiah. Mike Shaw, what is, your top, what is your top story today?
4: Well, I was perusing the interwebs, yeah. as I often do. <laughs> yeah, And I was on the Twitters, and uh, there's a pastor, actually, I think he's in Georgia. Okay. okay. But he started this Twitter account, and he just throws out God's Word out there. It was really cool. And he actually brought up this Fox News story. Okay. And so this is torn from this morning's headlines, this morning being... April 27th thursday so uh this is wendell talks at wendell talks here is his tweet so under the biden administration attacks on christians are growing rapidly take a Mm -hmm. look at these very alarming stats so far this year and then he goes on to quote the article according to the report 69 acts of hostility against churches in 29 states have already occurred during the first quarter
0: holy cow
4: including 53 acts of vandalism 10 arson attacks or attempts three gun-related incidents, three bomb threats, two other incidents such such as assault. The statistics represent approximately three times the number of hostile acts uh, recorded in the same time frame last year. Wow. Wow. And we're
0: not hearing about this, are we? No. No.
4: It's a Fox News article, so I'm a. I'm not a fan of Fox News. I'm not a big Fox News—
1: I left Fox News two years ago, and and what they did to Tucker Carlson— we kind of know what that's like yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: that's true cuz like people oftentimes accuse me you, know, yeah. you just you need to get your news from somewhere other than fox and i'm like um yeah i do yeah i do yeah so I, do. I, I, do. I don't watch fox yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, so, but, so and i don't
1: watch cnn for the same reason i right. don't drink water out of the toilet but that's a whole, story. <laughs> so that's a not, whole other, other story
4: so you're not you're not going to see you're not going to see this story on cnn obviously right. not msnbc not cbs abc nbc fox news has it um i think it's important and the reason why i chose this story for today yeah. is because when i was in tucson and i had my news talk show and we did a lot of Christian comment uh, com, um, content as well. Sure. And one of the things I had a, a friend of mine on, and she started a ministry. She had this Department of Defense background, FBI background, mm-hmm. military background. She was awesome. And so she did training for churches for security, right? And she brought up uh, many times on the show, that God put it on her heart to do this and a sense of urgency. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so the church I left in Lubbock mm-hmm. has a nice security detail yeah. headed up by a good friend of mine whose former military was in the Vietnam wow. War. Very capable young man who used to help the police department in Las Vegas, those sorts of things. Um uh, Chris, we talked to a guy who ran uh, uh, ran the security at another church here in Iowa. Yeah,
1: he came to the youth mm-hmm. event we had last night. We, yeah. had a, we had a community-wide youth event. Literally, in mm-hmm. Iowa, there are churches that don't think completely alike theologically, but there's enough like-mindedness yeah. there that we can do things like have our youth groups come together for a city-wide event. And so that's what happened last night. And we... At our church, I had the opportunity to host it, which was the first time in my yeah. 10-month tenure here. So yeah. that's was, pretty cool.
4: It was really cool. And so to talk to someone else about what they're doing with security, yeah. my point is, if you're listening and you have a church, you go to a church, you're a pastor of a church... Uh, if your church doesn't have security or take it seriously do that please yeah, yeah. So
0: even if you're, even if your church is small yeah. and rural guess yeah. what you're probably even a bigger target because yeah. of that you
1: never know where it's going to um, happen next we trust God's uh, you know hedge of protection around us so to yes, speak yes. but 69 acts of hostility yeah. against churches in 29 states and that's in the first quarter For and sure. we've been Emily and I and Mike you can testify to this you mm-hmm. were you were around our show in 2007 2008 two 2009, when it was probably at its peak of popularity, yep. and we were criticized for trying to sound the alarm as the watchman on the wall for some of these things. We, we yeah. were, we're, we're alarmists, uh, we're, we're alarmists, <laughs> You're ahead
4: of your we're time. alarmists
0: conspiracy they theorists. Yeah. You're just trying yeah. to scare people. So the problem
4: with yeah. my conspiracy theories is they keep coming, yeah
3: you know right? yeah
1: chris you're an alarmist you keep saying that these people want to kill you so they go to those people and they say yeah we do want to kill them but we're not going to say that out loud okay we won't say that see chris they have said that they're not going to say it out loud you're wrong well, we don't have that well, problem anymore. I've... Now they're making websites and they're making yeah. public proclamations well, yeah. all over the place. It's I've, out there.
0: I personally have had written death threats yeah. to me. Yeah, and so Same. like I know it's I know it's real. And here's here's yeah, what sin you, does. You really
1: you haven't really accomplished for the kingdom till you've gotten a death threat from a liberal <laughs> or a lefty. <laughs> and see, I I, sh- I gotta correct myself. Lefty is different than a liberal. Mm, In my world, because I got a lot of liberals that I think are teetering on authentic Christianity and whether they have it or not. Those that usually find it kind of come out of that. But back in the day, both liberal and conservatives could agree on things. Mm -hmm. Lefty has changed all of that.
4: And they could we could talk about issues back in the day and agree to disagree and and maybe even move the needle in our opinions a little bit one right. way or another depending on facts yeah and and logic and reason yeah uh, now it's just a shouting match and who can be more angry at whom yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, right. the
1: thing is, is that we have no credibility with them whatsoever. In fact, the whole deconstruction movement, which comes out of progressiveness, which comes out of liberalism, is based on we don't yeah. talk the same language as some of these people. So, you know, the pastor has no credibility. Grandpa and grandma have no credibility. They just don't get it. They just don't get it. They, they don't, don't speak, speak the, our language. They don't speak our language. You know, I, I thought they spoke English, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> you know, uh, again, it's, it's making yourself so special But you have to have special revelation, and therefore everything that you do has to be christened with rightness. So even though the Bible says if you doubt, there can be mercy for you, who needs mercy? Everybody. People that's doing wrong or people (laughs) that are doing right. Yeah. Uh, You know, so, oh, the answer's in the (laughs) questioning. Said no (laughs) smart person ever. No, just... No, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, and we don't need that today. It's
4: important, though, you know, you get let God's Word be God's Word. Let His Holy Spirit... Uh, Be the Holy Spirit, which is God the Holy Spirit, by the way. And so, this emergent church, the liberal church, Mm -hmm. deconstructionism, it's all uh, uh, wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is. Because they deny the Bible. But they're so nice, Mike. They
1: just really want to share the love of Jesus. You know, as long as you are more important than the other person next to you. Go ahead, Emily, save me for myself. This
0: is really important because this touches on not just the false doctrine that's in like you know, the postmodernism and deconstructionism. Mm-hmm. But it goes back to what you were talking about as well, Mike, um, about the the violence in the churches yeah. and so on. And that is sin is very predictable because God's told us all about it. <laughs> and so um, we can see it at work in the world around us, and it always moves. It never stands still. And it goes from your mind where you're thinking sinful things and if you don't get that in control, if you don't get on top of that, if you don't take every thought captive for Christ where does it go next? It comes out the mouth and people start talking about it and then you'll hear things like, well of course they never do it, that's just hyperbole um, you know the, no, 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 sin is taking the next step, where's mm-hmm. the next step that sin goes? Goes from the head to the mouth, to the hands, and, and people actually do start carrying it out, and we're seeing that progression um, all the way from those false ideas that are even infiltrating the church to now churches are being vandalized and burned and, and so on, if and so- the violence is escalating. Say
4: preach it. And <laughs> Look, the
0: next step that sin takes is it demands our participation. It's yeah. not it's not happy with us just accepting it. Oh, you mean uh, silence
4: is violence? Yes. Yeah. Oh exactly, exactly.
0: I I
1: would like to add on that, you know, if somebody out there makes a statement about transgenderism or homosexuality, mm-hmm. that's inciting violence. You have to capitulate. You have to bend the knee. You have to be part of that. Or you're inciting violence. Where, on the other hand, if lefty comes along and he wants to incite violence on Christians, there is no outcry. The, no. They they actually are now starting to say yeah
0: yeah I mean Jane that's Fonda good. that's not even
1: a felony if it's against a Christian yeah
0: Jane Fonda said as much on the View when they asked oh, you know yeah. what can they do about people who don't support abortion and and Jane Fonda's response was murder
1: yeah and oh, people kind of laughed no. people
0: kind of chuckled a little bit and oh she's just joking she's just joking but the look on her face was like no I'm I'm not and she's not the only one. Who has said those things? So, I want to like bring said, up a scenario. From the mind to the mouth to the hands, it's becoming more and more common. I want
1: to bring up a quick scenario, and then we have to go to right on way off. Right and, on. and <laughs> 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 The View and mm-hmm. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Let's yeah. just let's just switch up the view for a minute, okay? The View is now hosted by John MacArthur. John Piper. There you go. Or Charles Spurgeon comes back from the dead.
4: Yeah, <laughs> I'm liking this. <laughs> <All right.
0: RC laughs> Billy Sproul. Graham, RC watch. Sproul. That's the one. five. Yeah, and,
1: and pick pick one. And since
0: people are coming back, <laughs> Adrian Rogers. Yeah, Adrian Rogers. Okay. Too. All
1: right, let's just pick one. I'm just gonna say John Piper. Okay. John Piper turns to the camera and says, "All those people that um, that are whatever, you know, a part of the the alphabet soup, LGBTQY XYZ, the better option would be to have them murdered." Oh. What kind of outcry do you think we would be facing as Christians? Oh now, no Christian's ever going to say would that. never right. say that. But the point is, they can say that about us, but we can't even yeah. disagree with them on the most benign, exactly. let's come together and we reason can't and have a conversation together. Right. Yeah. We
0: can't say we don't agree. Yeah. They can put forward these outrageous statements. Yeah. But and, we can't say don't agree. Well, and so I will don't end don't with one with with little that.
1: thought, and then it's right on way off, and I'm coming right back to you, Emily, but right. it's this. I want to know why we can't have a conversation in the public square of the thousands, thousands upon thousands of people who've come out of homosexuality mm-hmm. yeah. and said they're living and their trans- best life in Christ now, and yeah. transgenderism. Why can't we have those conversations? Why don't they get a say? They don't matter because it's not part of... The evil narrative that train has to continue to churn on. So I have Oh, to, happy um, day. Let's do a happy fun <laughs> segment called Right I, On No, I, I, have, I, have, to, I right.
4: have to say something because right. it's because it's apologetic in nature. Come yes. let's reason together. Yes. Awesome. This is one of those proofs that Christianity is true mm. because if Christianity wasn't true, why do why do they go after it so hard? Right. Yeah. And so it's just very, a, very good point. So it's just another proof to me that the Bible is true and we should stand on it. Yeah. All right. I well, mean
0: Christianity should be be as irritating to them as unicorns. You know what I mean. It should be. It should. If be. It, if it wasn't if true, it wasn't so well.
1: True. But unicorns it's, annoy it's so the true. heck out of me. I gotta <laughs> tell you, I can't. Every time I see one, I get
4: worked up. <laughs> hey, your next car is gonna run on unicorn. Um, <laughs> yeah. my, I didn't say
1: the word unicorn. <laughs> unicorns, unicorn. Unicorns. Uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> unicorn emissions.
0: Go.
4: Unicorn
1: <laughs> bigfoot, and Nessie. <laughs> I, I, just, yeah. you know, I, every time I see one. I, I get really worked up. So. <laughs> All right,
0: I love the fact that we've lightened the the spirit yeah, a little bit it. here. Because All right, we Emily need hit that it. we need that in today's I, world. You know what so I need? To you know what I need? I need
1: I need an intro like music for oh, the um, right on way off for the oh, right music? on way off like. <sighs> Yeah. Here's Emily Danielson with right on (laughs) way off.
0: I want a right on way off rowo jingle.
1: Okay. Yeah. We have we have been assigned a task for the for the next couple weeks. Can I
0: write a short song? All right, this show (laughs) this show's
1: just getting rolling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um I need I want a template too, now that we have cameras to put up there the same. Right on, way off. All right, right on, way off. We should have little
0: paddles. <laughs> that Little would be. So that.
4: <laughs> green, and red. Yes. green and red. And the Russian yeah. judge gives it a three. Well,
1: the French judge had it at a two. Know yes. who hates you more. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I love the French. All right, right on way off. Emily, hit it.
0: All right. First question, really tough one. All right. Dogs are better than cats. Right on way off. I'm going <laughs> to. That was good. <laughs> Mike, I don't even know if you're a pet owner. Oh, Mike uh, loves animals. He took care I know of our you dogs. Do. Yeah, I know I you do. I know you're good with them. Um, but dogs are better than cats. I would not I would not even know where to begin with your yeah. thoughts on that. You don't know my what my answer is going to be. I do not know. I'm way dogs off. Dogs are better
1: than cats. Right on, way off. I'm you're way, you're way off. off. I'm
4: way off. I okay. am. I Well, I drive a Volkswagen Beetle, and I'm a cat person, and I like <laughs> soccer. It's amazing. I'm a conservative. Um <laughs> Are you even a guy <laughs> <laughs> or a guy. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a chick car and I like I cats. All right,
0: quit, quit, stereotyping here. <laughs> oh my God! I'm sorry,
1: that <laughs> oh, was okay. low hanging fruit. <laughs> it and, was... and, and honestly, a decade into this transgender dysphoria hey, thing that hey. we're dealing with, it I, I almost t- feel bad. Lighthearted, for that joke. lighthearted. I <laughs> <talks better> up. <laughs> Chris than cats. knocks him down. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike. There you go. Dogs so, are your thing, then.
4: So I love dogs and I love cats. And growing up, we raised parakeets, and we had a kennel. We had 40-some dogs at one point. Uh, We had three outdoor cats that were really buff. Um, Oh, yeah. And I love cats because one minute they can be sedanting on the floor, and the next second they jumped up to the top of the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> they're amazing now. They've way. got ups. And yeah. so they are amazing and big cats. Oh, are just and it's
1: cats awesome. are wonderful in the house when they jump on the counter when you're making food. <laughs> and it's they knock great. stuff over.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they knock, because they're, they're, <laughs> right. talk about counterculture. Yeah. Embrace right? those cats. Yeah. I know. So to me, I'm way off. I love dogs. I've had dogs. I've grew up with dogs. I had my own dog. I love cats. I've never owned my own cat, but um, I'm also a cat person. So I'm an animal lover of all kinds. You like them
0: all, so one's not better than the other. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Realized your cat would eat your parakeet, right?
4: Sure, I did realize. (laughs) Sure. All right, my turn,
0: Chris. (laughs) I
1: am right on. Dogs are the way to go. I'm a dog person. Always will be. Uh, The only cats that I've ever really even liked at all are my kids' cats. I have Mm -hmm. I have grown children that have cats, and even Lexi, this big fat gray cat of my son's, when I'm sitting on the couch, will jump up on my leg, look me in the face, and literally go (laughs) at me, and then turn around and walk walk away. away. And I still, cats love, are so cool like I still that. love Lexi because it's my son's cat. But yeah. uh, we had outside cats when we were living in the country for a while. Mm-hmm. Some of those were kind of cool. Yeah. But nothing comes close to having your buddy dog with you. Yeah. And I, you know, my, one of my good friends, Warren Calloway, who was the cinematographer for Colors of Character, he's probably going to be a guest on the show pretty soon. Um, he's a board member at Fresh Road Media. <laughs> That's scary. so scary. Uh, he
0: comes up and says some of the craziest stuff. I'm sa- a little nervous. No, Warren, 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 Warren said
1: that uh, dogs are a lifestyle. And yes. I'm like, yes, our lifestyle we've chosen. In fact, I even bought a car and kind of um, modified it to haul my dogs. And you're like, are you serious? I'm like, well, I take them almost every day. Of course I'm serious. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have kids. My granddaughters leave, live six states away. I get to see them once a year yeah, the dogs are our lifestyle, and it's one that I really enjoy. Emily, are you right on and way off on your own question?
0: I am with Mike on this one because here's the thing. The dogs have never once prevented your lawnmower from having to be rewired in the spring, okay. so you're talking your about farm farm have, cats yes, that killed all yes. the mice that but protected they both, the mower. They both have wonderful, wonderful roles that they fulfill. And so I love them both equally. All right. Next so, question. Way off. Second question, grilling. What's grilling. a show without foods? Well, so here we go. In in food? Well, it's 70 degrees
1: in Iowa today. Yeah. And it's been a cold it's spring, perfect. according to all the locals. And I just it's thought, true. you know, I lived in Minnesota and in Alaska, and this is... We're late in April. Come on. We got a 70-degree yeah. day-day. All uh, I can think of is let's grill this
0: 70-degree day-day. Uh,
1: we 70-degree <laughs> day. day-day, and that means the grills are just staring you in the face saying, let's do something. So they what's are. your question?
0: And you bring up Minnesota, so here's the question. Uh, grilling food, is it better by the lake, or is it better grilling food on the beach?
1: I'm going to go with the lake. Because well, you're a Minnesota boy? Well, you're giving me an either-or.
4: That's got to got a uh, definitive uh, statement no. to be right on. Or
0: grilling right off about. food by the lake <clears throat> is better than grilling oh, food by the beach. Sorry is. about that. I'm right on. Okay. <laughs> There's very
1: and I, you know no very Thank few you. people love the beach more than I. Maybe Jay Johnson, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. I mean, Jay will, you know, run over his mother to get to the beach if he has he to. He would
4: <laughs>
0: never do that. It's a
4: tragic thing.
0: <laughs>
1: That's a racing term. You he want to win so bad, run you'd run over your mother to get the checkered flag. He might okay? run
0: over you. It's like hyperbole,
4: again, for a comedic
1: effect. Uh, I, you know, guys, if I have to stop and explain my jokes, this isn't going to work at
4: all. That's how I know mine aren't good when
1: I have to explain them. So <laughs> then, n- uh, I love Sorry the, I'm
0: not in up on the NASCAR lingo. I love
1: the beach. I love the beach so much. But when you grill at the beach versus grilling at the at the lake, it's different. And at yeah, the is. lake. When you're grilling at the lake, even if you're in a park-type setting, it just feels more private. It feels more relaxed. It feels less beach pressure, I guess you could say. And plus, when you grill at the beach versus grilling at the lake, even though you have very similar attire, it's not the same because the sandy portion of the lakefront turns into grass pretty quickly, where the beach usually long stretch then turns into a parking lot or turns into something else. So I am right on that grilling at the lake is without a doubt the greatest grill of the – the first grill at the lake of the season is the best grill of the year. That's what I'm saying.
0: Very good. All right. 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 Mike Shaw.
4: Mike Shaw. I'm right on. Uh, I grew up in Oregon, uh, mountain lakes in the summertime, camping. I mean, there's nothing like it. Um, But, I mean, the main reason why I'm right on is I live in Iowa right now. And the nearest lake to me is only a few miles away. I'm looking forward to going fishing and, yeah. and camping there. And to get to the beach, it's about a two-day drive. So, <laughs> so yeah. I would love to grill at the beach, but it's going to be a lot more convenient to grill yeah. at the lake. So I'm right on. All Very right, Emily. Good. Are you I like right? It. I,
0: yeah, totally right on. One word, sand. Ruins everything, right? <laughs>
1: Emily Emily is anti sand. I have to stand that by her at that. That's an abrasive comment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I we've don't only got to be hating on the right. beach, but yeah. I like the lake. Better. All right,
1: what's the next question or the last question? We do three right on way offs, right?
0: Well, yeah, actually, the last one has to do with the movie, the documentary, Bible Idiots.
1: Oh, what's your question?
0: Okay, so the question is everyone should watch Bible Idiots. Am I right on or am I way off?
1: I'm going to say right on and step aside. I'm the right writer director and I'm featured in the film
0: So you're biased
1: I'm biased yeah. I'm in, I'm inside the label I'm inside the I'm inside the bottle I can't read the label so Uh, Emily, you're also a producer and writer and appear in the film, Bible Idiots. So I
0: don't count either. No, Mike I guess we're down to one one opinion. I I
1: obviously am right on. I want everybody to see the movie. (laughs) Because of the kingdom impact I've seen Mm. the movie have, I've witnessed it. I've watched God use it. Plus, we started making this movie with $800 and didn't own a camera. I mean, this is an act of God. Jim Daly from Focus on the Family comes on... Frank Turek comes on, Al Robertson comes on, Abdu Murray, Johnny Erickson Tata's in the movie. I mean, how did all these people decide to film with us? I think it's prayer. It's and, a I, God and I think and I really think that I, you know, I wanted this movie to be a huge hit for the kingdom. It's not a and, and Well, It's in God's <laughs> it's hands. Never and too God late. has told me that God has told me that He's already made it a hit. We've already heard, I think we've gotten gosh, it's got to be at least 50, maybe it's 100, maybe it's 150, a lot of feedback of my uncle is now reading his Bible again. My atheist sister just decided to give her life to Christ. I mean, it's amazing that the impact this movie has had, and so I'm right on.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Thank you for recusing yourself. Yeah. And with, that, <laughs> and, with that, <laughs> yourself. and with
4: that, I will back away.
0: You yield the floor. You I, yield, I yield your the time to Mike Shaw, Bible yeah. Idiots.
4: So I'm the instigator of this question, to be honest. <laughs> and as the studio producer, it affords me certain rights uh, as well as responsibilities. Privileges. But, but one of the privileges that I have is I can put little sound clips in Chris's uh, Roadcaster Pro, too. <laughs> stream deck, actually. <laughs> yeah. And the stream deck yeah. as well. But the... Actual, oh yeah, the yeah, actual <laughs> audio's over here. The actual audio's over there, Chris.
1: Technical. Nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna care. Anyway, <laughs> Chris I'm, was ready. Also late I'm ready. i when uh, you are.
4: Chris also was late for rehearsal, <laughs> so uh, if you remember, obviously,
1: if you're watching on Rumble or YouTube, <clears throat> I did my hair this morning.
4: So kind of to tie it all in. Did that's funny. Did so to tie it all in, if you remember, our first episode had Al Robertson, yes. uh, Duck Dynasty, and uh, now they podcast Unashamed, and they actually mentioned. Bible idiots Mm. and Chris a couple weeks ago. So I lifted that clip. Um, I'm going to, so after the end of the clip, I'll answer the question on why everyone should watch it, why I'm right on about that. Okay. But we're going to use this to launch into that answer. All right. All
5: right. Here we go.
1: All right. Here we go. This is Unashamed with Phil and Jace Robertson. Al's obviously there as the host, and Frank Turek is their special guest.
5: So, Frank, you might not. Remember this? You may not know this, but when I heard your name, when Zach told you were to coming on the podcast, I said, "Man, I know that name." I mean, outside of me knowing your work, I was like, "I know." I've, I've, I thought I'd met you. I was trying to remember what it was. You and I were actually on a movie together. Which one? The did, How did many you know movies that? have you been on, Frank? Well, I don't know. Sometimes it, they come to my place it, and it was film doc, something. It was a documentary. Was it uh, the the AFA? Uh, American Family Association. It was not. It was a small documentary. Which one? What was it? And and oh, I think not, we yeah. both filmed it the same way. We didn't know the people until we did it. Yeah, it was called Bible Idiots.
4: Oh yeah 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 Bible Idiots. Chris are right. we're,
5: we're we're Bible Idiots. That's Bible right. Idiots. And I, I, did, I, did, I did not this. get invited to that. Wow, well, you, well, you should have. have.
4: You weren't enough an idiot of an <laughs> idiot back then. <laughs> you should have been
5: a headliner, <laughs> Jason. <just. laughs> right. It should have been about you. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been the star. But yeah, I knew as a Frank Turk, yeah. we were both. Uh, we got interviewed for that movie, and Chris is now. A fr- I keep. Up with Chris. Yeah. He's a friend of mine now, and he's, oh, a, hes to look into that. He's a pastor up in Iowa, and I sent him a text, and I was like, "Was Frank Turek on that on the Bible? His mm-hmm. movie?" And he said he wasn't. I knew that's where I knew your name from. So we were both appeared on this movie, and we did an interview for it. Which we're
4: was both ridiculous. idiots. We don't even know
5: the movie. I don't know the movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was the idea—is yeah. that you can be an idiot, but as long as you trust it in the Bible, it it elevates you. It was mm-hmm. the, well, I've been the whole, saying that my whole life. Well, that's why I said mm-hmm. it's just like your life. Jesus lifestyle. makes you smart. And <laughs> Jesus <laughs> makes you Dr. Smart.
4: Frank's right. Jesus makes you smile. Oh, that now, was actually Jace. Yeah. Or Jace. Oh, yeah, was it was, Jace? Yeah, okay. that was Jace.
1: Yeah. Okay. Hey, and, and before it's you true, say, you know. Before you yeah. say yeah. anything else, yes, yeah. if you're wondering... That is a pretty, very cool moment of my career yeah. to have the the Robertsons on the number one Christian podcast in America, name drop me in a positive That's way. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, feels good, man. I, I'm awesome, not going to deny it. It felt really good when I heard that. So, so yeah.
4: everyone should watch Bible Idiots right on or way off, right on. Yeah. And so let me tell my story. Okay. After, and that that was a really cool name drop. But my story is, you know, I'm coming to Iowa uh, that whole god moment where chris called me out of the blue and you know all about this opportunity that we're we're now realizing and to come and help with the studio and all the things and and Chris is like, you need to watch Bible Idiots because we're going to be talking about it and you got to know what's going on. And I'm like, yeah, okay.
1: Well, yeah, okay. well the Bible Idiots banners your backdrop right and now. Yeah, It'd it would be nice is, if you saw the right. film. Know, you right. Know?
4: right, 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 right. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. And then Chris is like, hey, did you watch it? I haven't watched it. Yet. So finally, I watched it like three weeks ago now. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness, why in the world did I put off watching this? Everyone needs to see this. And it's not just because my good friends... Emily and Chris put it together, and it's, you know, part of their family stories in that, and some of the comedy that's in there, um, you know, with your son, and, you know, I, I watched some of those shows live when we were in yeah. Tucson. Mm-hmm. you saw the
1: infancy of that. I mean, the, you yeah, saw you right. saw us now, the, the you saw Jake all grown up 10 years later yeah. actually <laughs> doing father-son tours, you uh, know?
4: So cool. But so, I mean, part of that's cool, but when I saw the interviews, uh, when I saw the way the stories put together when I, I just—it had a big impact on me, Nice. whether I know you guys or not. And I was like, oh my goodness, this has to get into the hands of every—not just Christian, non-Christian. This needs to go nationwide. And so, you know, when it got released and COVID happened and it just didn't get the— the movie released like it, the theater released like it was supposed to because of the time. No, it was no, no, no. Released. You got the two movies. I got the col- two movies. Colors reaction.
1: of Character was the oh, one that was, was released was that? during car- right. Bible Idiots came out in 2016, and we just could not score any mar- marketing money. We even went to Hollywoods in the Hollywood Hills and filmed some promo stuff, and we just couldn't. It's, it's almost like God said, nope, nope, nope. Not, it, not yet. yet. Okay. Not yet. So okay. this is you point. You guys say not yet. I say nope. Well, but you know, but
0: people have seen it, and yeah. people we will never yeah. know or never met. And they, they, it's God's deal. Yeah, it's, it's God's, God's deal. deal. Well, anyway, sorry
1: to interrupt your mic. Keep going. That's all right. So, Keep talking about how great our film is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, and, you know, it's a, I told you this, Chris, is like I've known you guys for a long time. And I had no idea that you had this talent on top of everything else. So there's that part of it. But the Thanks, the movie itself, um, I just highly encourage everyone listening or watching on on Rumble or YouTube uh, to pick up Bible Idiots and watch it. You yeah. will be so blessed. Spread it around your friends and family. As well. And you, you you know, you can go to freshroadmedia.com and, and give and yeah. and receive the movie as as part of our current premium to that's right to encourage donations. Any but,
1: gift of any amount, I think the minimum is ten, but I mean, you know yeah. um, any gift of any amount. We're hoping that you'll stand with us financially with a you know, drop a fifty dollar bill on the thing, drop a right. hundred. Uh, go pray and see if you can do a large four four digit gift. That would be yeah. that would be a huge. So blessing. it's
4: it's a, it's a great leverage, you know, to to raise the money that we need yeah. to get to get this show and others mm-hmm. off of the ground. I mean, that is a real thing. Yeah. But the Bible Idiots movie on its own, you know, you can get it on Amazon. Um, whether you give to the to Fresh Road Media, which I encourage you to do because we are trying to launch this, but. Whether you do that or just buy it directly from Amazon or however you do it, watch Bible idiots. It is you'll laugh, you'll see Jake cry, yeah, and you will be blessed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really well. I got two
1: two inside stories. I'll I'll share with Mm -hmm. you. Uh, The first one is that um, uh, when the movie was finished, it went to like the international Christian film. Awards oh, I for you said, 2017. I you said it was not,
4: international house of papers. It, it, it was. It was, <laughs> non, it was no. It was nominated. <laughs> it was nominated, it was nominated
1: um, uh, for best documentary of the year. Nice and um, uh, and so reason. Jake. Jake was was. Uh, we were talking about it, and he yeah. was kind of frustrated about something. I don't remember, but he said this comedically, but with a with an edge to his voice. He's like, "Oh yeah, I cry, and you get your hobo Oscar." <laughs> Everybody comments about that scene with Jake Jay, is so there's so much there's so much raw stuff. Now it the is. other thing is, yeah. we started this movie because most apologetic movies are boring. Just being straight up, they they are. They're just they're hard to watch and it's scholarly. Mm-hmm. And we started this movie with the idea that we were going to do seventy percent comedy and thirty percent teachings. We flipped it. The movie is actually seventy percent teaching and thirty percent comedy. And Emily, you were in the editing room. You are one of the writers. You helped put this whole thing together. And we did that because of who God sent us. Yeah. He, you know, there is imp- no not a single improv bit made an improv when we'd end our, our comedy nights with the improv for the last 30 minutes. That was usually where the gold was. Not a single improv bit made the final cut of the Bible idiots movie. Why? Because we had Abdu Murray, Johnny Tada, Frank Turek, um Al Robertson, Erwin Lutzer. Erwin Lutzer was sitting down with us for a 20-minute interview, and I kept telling him, we're on your time now. Over 68 minutes of Erwin Lutzer giving pure gold. And so, yeah. He's just, quite a funny guy, actually, yeah. too. Oh, and then he did jokes for like 20 minutes after. I know. It was afterwards. so funny because we're talking
0: um, to him. He's just like just this theologian icon of my lifetime. Yeah. And then it just he starts doing these, want, these one-liners and jokes. And it was hilarious. It
1: was so fun. But the, but it was obvious the interview was over. So our cinematographer on Bible Idiots, his name's Luke Brown. Great kid. Just love this kid. He turned off the cameras because the interview was over, and Irwin Lutzer sits there for 15 more minutes uh, doing one-liner after one-liner awesome. after one-liner, and yeah. we don't ha- we, we only have a couple of them on film because when he cut it, and if you go all the way through the credits, you'll get the couple that we were able to, to capture. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. it's time to go. Thanks, Mike, for being here on, on the show, and Emily, uh, how do you feel about Bible Lady?
0: Uh, I love Bible Idiots. I mean, it, it 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 affected not just the people watching it, but the people also making the movie. It was a blessing to us as well. And actually, I love to hear that clip that you brought, Mike, with uh, Frank Turk talking about it because Frank Turk was an actual answer to prayer in making that movie. Yep. Uh, he came, and and one of the things I wanted to do was bring that uh, former Muslim perspective to christianity i really wanted it we prayed it yes, through we you wanted like, Nabil, and Nabeel, god sets us up do instead exactly and so yeah. we, we're talking we're meeting with frank turk and all of a sudden frank says hey do you know, do you abdu-, know abdu-, abdu murray and we're like um we haven't met him yet <laughs> and he's like i'm gonna call he called him and within the hour whatever abdu murray is in our chair he's giving us the Former Muslim perspective of coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. It was so good. It mm-hmm. was powerful. It was amazing. I love to see it. And I think so, everybody yeah,
1: did a great job in the movie. Answer but, to but prayer. Over and over and over again, if if people in their discussions knew that they were giving like a mind Oscar to the best interview of Bible Idiots, Abdu mm-hmm. Murray wins that Oscar. I would
4: agree with that. And just yeah. part, a lot of it because of his story yeah. Yeah. and how he came to Christ uh, as a Muslim. And it was just... Yeah, he he outlines it very well, and he does it with logic.
0: Yeah, um, he, yes, so it, it,
4: it's apologetic. That apologetic
0: it's, perspective, yeah. and and every person, whether it was Frank Turk, Dr. Mm-hmm. Michael Brown, whether it was Al Robertson, they brought their own dynamic. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Michael Brown is is Jewish, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, well, we all know Al Robertson is is you know <laughs> who he is yeah and so that yeah the different
1: perspectives that god totally just put together different
0: backgrounds of people but they can be united in the lord jesus christ and that's what we want and we
1: got a lot of static about the know. title bible idiots and jim daly I actually justifies that right in the beginning
0: which is awesome all, is right. Right. Yes. all right all right
1: yes
4: everyone should see bible idiots yes <laughs> right on
0: three out of three <laughs> podcasters Ba-dum-bum. agree yes
1: but um you should
0: See Bible Thanks for spending your time with us. No Apology with Emily and Chris. Join us again. And in the meantime, don't forget, go to FreshRoadMedia.com. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. I'm Emily Danielson and uh, my husband Chris always by my side. That's right. Yeah, thanks for joining the show. In progress we've got another guest. I'm so excited. Yeah.
1: Yeah, when you talk to people sometimes you you find out that they have an ability to want to communicate, they have stories to tell and I like bringing people on our show. I always have. The more the
0: merrier. And
1: if you would like to be on the show, you can. All you need to do is go to freshroadmedia.com. I want you to click on the spot where it says be on the show and on your laptop or on your mobile phone when you you can click record a message. And you can join us with the topics of the day, which we're gonna post on Facebook, we're gonna post on our on our website as we get going. So instead of just recording beyond the show, I, I have this guy that goes to my church and we get into these deep conversations. And I said to him, Why don't you come on Emily's new show and talk about it? And his name is Jeremiah Beaker. And Jeremiah, welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Glad to have you. Thank you. How's yeah. it going, guys? Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> going good. good. So, One of the topics that we were talking about that in one of the main reasons you're here is you had said, and you can correct me if I'm a little off, but you said one of the things that grinds you is the lack of passion for people being born again.
6: Yeah. Um, Oh, gosh, where do I start?
0: Yeah, um, you know, we, yeah, that's a broad topic, I w- right there. I would suggest
1: not using names,
6: but
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's just. How I can speak for myself, you know. But yeah, yeah, because so. that struck a nerve with Emily and I. Because that's our world. Mm. We want people to be on fire for Christ because we are, and we didn't create the fire yeah. ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, here, let's be a little bit more. Concise. Boil it down.
1: A better interview question rather than generic, hey, yeah. Jeremiah, thanks for the first time. Let me give you this open-ended thing yeah, you can't deal Yeah, just so with.
0: you know, Jeremiah, I get a lot of, that's a really good question, Emily. Chris, yeah, not so much. <laughs> no, I get, that's
1: funny, dude. That's what I get.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's the comic relief. Okay, yeah. here's the question. Um, when you're talking to people who are Christians or professing to be Christians, mm-hmm. is it? are you finding where... Sometimes just the discussion about being born again, being filled with the Spirit, that that part of the conversation is oftentimes either lacking or just kind of not there anymore?
6: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, right. Gosh, you know, we had a youth event last night, as you guys know, at the mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that would be a good example. I see a lot of youth, and, and my heart goes out for them not only the youth i mean think about just our day to day interactions people who claim to be christians people who aren't christians yeah. and and you recognize that you know having mm-hmm. man i could get into a lot of um different thoughts that go through my mind um, but i care about everybody you know and i know what it's like to not be um you know in the in the christian uh christianese like you'd like like i've heard you say yeah, yeah Christ. christianese it's like um you know this term born again you know, i didn't even know what that I'd heard the term. I didn't know what it meant right. at one point in my life. And so when you experience that and you and you discover what that term means, you look back and go, Okay, that's what that was. You know, yeah. it, and that was just my personal um, you know, um realization. Right. You know, it, it, it dawned on me at one point, oh wow, I have been born again. That this is what that is. Yeah, and that's so I the want crossover.
0: That. That's the crossover between mm-hmm. Once I was this, and now I'm not. That and, 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 being born again—that is the crossover. And you said you
1: it? wanted that, and you wanted it in a passionate way. Yes.
6: Well, I can't say that I honestly—I um, can't say that I even wanted it to okay. begin with. Cool. I mean, I remember, you know, having this thought. You know, okay, my—I grew up religious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> religious. I use that term. <laughs>
1: um, there's so much connotation. That you, goes I, with a lot that of term. times people will say, I grew up in the church. Yeah, that, exactly.
0: Chris and I refer exactly. to it as cultural Christianity. Yeah. It's a part of your life. It's a part of your community. Mm-hmm. You, you're brought to church. Yep. And so you, you kind of just kind of think by osmosis, well, yeah. I must be one of them, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah so you grew up in the church and you've heard, hear this term born again and.
6: Well, okay. So I, I grew up in the church and I think that I did have very good, um, family, you know, that I grew up around, Mm -hmm. I think very solid Christian, but in my mind, you know, using the term religious, I knew that, I knew that my parents were religious in my mind, um, in my family, I guess I could say is religious, but, you know, I, I guess deep down, I can't say that I really experienced what that was. Um, you know, I knew, I knew that they were on the right track and I knew they had the truth. But it's one of those things. As time goes on, a person has to make that decision right. for themselves. Yep. And Absolutely. and so I felt personally um, conviction in my heart, and and throughout my life. And I remember the day when I started cussing. Mm. I remember the day <laughs> that I drank my first beer. You know, mm. I I remember those days, and it's just like there is a shift in a person's life when that happens, and and so I can I can point back at those, and it's just like a major directional change. And so I became numb ultimately to that, um, you know, to that voice, that internal knowing that I should be going in this other direction. And so, you know, not to get into all my you know, my, my story here, but basically I'll just say this. There was a point in my life when I became basically, uh, you know, a, a, a freshman, not, not a freshman, it would be about junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. So going into senior year um, where I felt like God was saying to me, I felt like this internal knowing. Um, there was this thought on my mind, if you change now, things will be better for you.
3: Mm.
6: And man, did I not want to hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the change wasn't a pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Your change was this born again thing.
6: Yeah. Even though I didn't know what we really understand what that was. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just I need to
6: turn direction and I know it's going to be better for me because I always thought someday. I'll become religious like my parents.
3: Ah.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someday, down the road. Down the road. After your fun has been had. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Because once you get born again, all the fun goes out the window. That's what they teach you. So, and, or that's what the world, Satan tries to tell you. It's just the exact opposite. Right. Once you become actually born again, there's so much yep. freedom. You have more fun and even making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich than you ever have. Yeah. It's the, the little things become great. Yeah. Go ahead. So,
0: okay. So, you are, you've been walking with the Lord now for a while. You look back and you can put words or understanding to what you experienced years ago. But you work a lot with the youth, and, you know, a lot of them are in that same place that you were you know yeah, years definitely. ago. And so how do you cuz I mean even just sitting sitting here talking not just you but you Chris me everybody mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to put into words the reality of what you went through and what God's mm-hmm. doing. So do you have um do you have a process? Do you have a method? Do you have a way that you try how do you communicate that to a youth who are oh, yeah. probably going through the same thing like I they're experiencing things that they don't really even know exactly what they're experiencing, maybe.
6: Yeah. Yeah, personally, um, once again, where does the guy go? I mean, I think, you know, there's – I think that a person could take the religious approach, mm-hmm. you know. But then guess what? It's, it's probably not going to work out good, you know. <laughs> Dead old oh, <ends>. Bible thumping, <laughs> yeah. you know. And, and you know, you we, know, we've all been youth. And we've all been – you know, we know what it's like. We don't want to be, you know – basically looked at as though um we're just a kid Mm -hmm. um so i don't know i mean it's just it ultimately for me i just feel like trying to put yourself in their shoes Mm -hmm. maybe is a good way to to say it and trying to respect them ultimately you know very much respect but here's the thing i think that once again just like this term religious how we get these connotations to them i think that the word respect or even love you know we can we can kind of re- define what those terms mean oh yeah and when i say respect i mean you know if you're, you ever watch tv show
0: cops
1: yeah
6: oh
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: i look for relatives every <laughs> <10 times>. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. i believe that in the law enforcement community uh, no nah, anyway <laughs> yep. anyway Both sides, really. uh-huh. tv show cops what are you thinking <laughs> well the tv
6: show cops i mean not to get into this me and my wife we, we love watching that about every night it seems like until actually uh politically i think they kind of shut it down we managed to find it uh, again, okay. Okay. Um, you know, but anyways, you know, watching that, it's like the police officers, th- even though they're very blunt and calling people out and, and they know what they did wrong and they're mm-hmm. lying straight to their face or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right. the police officers, how do they handle it? Well, ultimately, I think how the, the best way that they handle it is when they're very respectful to mm-hmm. them, but their respect isn't always what you might think. You know, being respectful to somebody might mean you call them out on it if the scenario seems—if uh, if that seems to be the best case at that point. You know, it just kind of mm-hmm. comes down to, at the moment, you know, following following the Spirit's leading, I guess, you know, in Christian yeah. terms, you could say it that way.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, I fantastic. mean, Chris, Chris, you and I—I I know I have watched some of those shows. I remember in particular a scene where there was a young man who, because of addiction— would, when he needed money, would dress up as a girl and then, you know, prostitute themselves out so they could get money, whatever. And the cop that finally arrested him again for like the third time or whatever, he finally just had a heart to heart with him. And it was hard stuff. But I remember that young man hearing the words of the cop who was calm mm. and loving and um saying hard things But it really was truly the loving, respectful thing. Like, dude, this is not going to help you out. The the cop really demonstrated that he cared, even though it was hard.
1: Yeah. 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 And if you're wondering who Jeremiah Beaker is, he's not here to sell a book. He's not here to promote a movie. He's... He's not here to advance a, a ministry beard cause. Beard cream or anything. No, he's not. He, he's not but he, speaking of beer cream, if you went to central <laughs> casting for the character of Jesus, you're looking for a guy like Jeremiah. <laughs> <laughs> you've played jeremiah for youth st- are you jeremiah you've played jesus for youth stuff i've heard in the past yeah. i've even seen oh, pictures yeah. what, do you, what do you do you know what do you, hey you want gonna play jesus you got a beard you know, i don't think they sold me that but you know that uh, we know behaviorally you can never pull off jesus but you look like him you want to play him <laughs> yeah. so what do you do you, you know you, yeah you Come fully surrendered right so, yeah so the reason so. you're here is i asked you here and i said we've had some good conversations we've had some coffees together we've talked about some stuff, and I'm like, if we could have this conversation in front of other people, I think it would benefit people. I'm a pastor. You're a father of three. You've got a beautiful wife. You've got this woodworking uh, career, but you love Jesus, and you have a short—I don't want to say temper. That's no, not the right word. You, you have a short—whatever um, what's word—acceptance, it bothers you. It annoys you to a little level. Low tolerance
0: of, of stupid. Yes, a low
1: tolerance. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. You low have a tolerance. low tolerance of consumer Christianity. Oh, there you go. And that okay. is something that you and I have really connected on. And I'm like, I can say it all the time as a pastor, as a radio show host or whatever, but you as just a friend of the ministry, the friend of Fresh Road Media, uh, uh, a regular attender at at Fresh Encounter Church, Fresh Encounter doesn't have membership or I'd call you a member, and. You, want, I want you to come on. I want you to share from your perspective, mm. Jeremiah. What annoys you, and what encourages you about the solution <laughs> to the plague of consumer Christianity? Mm.
6: Well, just to just to clarify here, um, you, you actually lied about me. Uh, <laughs> I did. You said that I wasn't here to sell a book. Oh, Ooh. and that's I didn't know true. you were an author. <laughs> so, are you an the, author? Put it this way, you guys know the book I'm talking <laughs> about. Yeah, okay, I, I got it. But don't
1: you got me.
0: He's here to sell a book.
6: Which is, you know, that ties right hand in hand with with this whole thing. Right. You know? Um, I know this is going off your question a little bit, but um, and feel so free really to ask it's, it again. Yeah, but go where you
1: want to go. Is, this, is this is no way. apology with Emily and Chris. There are no rules. Do whatever you All want. All right, I will yeah. not apologize. <laughs> <laughs> so. The Bible. Yes. Yes. You
6: know, I think, and we're talking about born again. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, going back, I can speak for myself. So I remember when I did decide to change direction. It's like, I know deep down I need to change direction. Things will be better for me. I don't know what that looks like, but I know deep down. So anyways, what happened was I did decide to change and my life began to change. And one of the things I'm going to say very specifically Mm -hmm. was that, I knew I needed to read the Bible. And now before this, you know, throughout my childhood, I had been told, you know, um, you know, been taught the Bible and yeah. there were times even where um, my mom or something would say, you know, go back and read this, you know, if I was, if I was, uh, if I did something wrong, she might say, go, go read this verse, Ooh. you know, and this verse might, it was specifically- uh, You had
1: naughty biblical timeouts. <laughs> Yeah, how does that work? You know, as a kid, how are you gonna? How's that feel? Go read this. Honor your father and your mother. <laughs> <Yes>. you <know? laughs> Naughty little boy, stand over there and read Psalm twenty-seven. You know. <laughs> Got now, it. Now, that not to bash on my parents. No, you know? no. Right.
6: To me, this I is very wonderful. good parents, and they, they're not they religious. Yeah. You know, just to be clear, um, even they're, though that they're timeline. born
1: again, saved Christians who love yes. Jesus. That's exactly. Uh, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So, so all right. So you're in that world, and 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 now you're you're a Christian, and you, the behavior stuff. You were naughty. You had to read a Bible verse. I'm sorry, I distracted you. you. Keep going. <laughs> so,
6: you know, reading the Bible was something. You know, how many people probably know that they should, but they don't. Right now, and I I guess I can't speak for everybody, but I do know what the Bible says, and it says that you know if you read in Romans or you know many places, I'm sure, but it talks about how each one of us is going to be accountable to God. We know deep down, that he created everything, and we, we know what we should do. There's mm-hmm. an internal compass that he put within us. He created us. Why would we be surprised that there's something inside of us that points towards right. him? He's this perfect standard. And he wants us to you know, to follow where, where he's leading. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, this internal compass, I feel like I was being guided to read my Bible, and I had to make that decision. Okay, if I'm serious about changing direction is this something I'm actually gonna do and so I guess that's what that's what you start to do and and so um just to jump back on where I was saying with you know when I was young I didn't really want to read the Bible um I knew I knew that it was true but I wanted to push it off and wait uh-huh. and so I started to read the Bible and you know because I had changed and the thing is is I began to I began to uh it, it, God was doing something inside of me. Yeah. It was like this desire was there because He wanted to, and I was I was yet to find this out. Mm-hmm. He wanted to put a desire in me, this this passion in me, um, to know His Word and, and the goodness of His Word. Yeah, and that's something that I wanted. I wanted to become numb to that. I didn't. I didn't want to know the Scriptures because guess what? Mm-hmm. They were rules. Yeah. Yeah. It, it made me feel. Like I, you know, I felt convicted if you know, you know, ignorance. We were just talking about this. Remember that, Chris? Yeah. I mean, this is something. Ignorance, it feels better to be in in that state of ignorance because then you don't know. Even though deep down you do, you're just becoming numb and
0: suppressing what you know. Right. Because you know that the word of God is going to compel you to change. And the Mm -hmm. word of
1: God is the unleashed tiger on the soul. Right. And so that's what you're talking about. The word of God actually influenced Uh, what you were doing, and that human desire, and I call it the sin nature is that if I know, now I'm responsible. If I know, now I'm accountable. Exactly. If I don't know, I've got that as a plausible deniability in front of the the, the Lord. Is <laughs> wow, how you guys talk
6: as if this has happened to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Every day. Yeah. You know, I, I joke. No, as we grow in our sanctification, that diminishes. But that's a real part of it, isn't it? Really it really is. Yeah. So let's talk about consumer Christianity. So now you've got the real thing. You've studied the, the Bible. God has, you know... Uh, it
0: started a good word.
1: Transferred you from death to life yeah. is what actually happens. And so now you, you see that now you're a Christian and now you're going to consume a bunch of stuff, right? Or how you consume a bunch of stuff and how you add your attitude is that of a consumer. And that annoys me to no end. And, and I found out it annoys you, too. And maybe <laughs> annoy is not the right word. But if you follow, that's the word I'm going with. Mm. So what about consumer Christianity has gotten to you as you've grown in your faith? Once again, where do you start?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, right? It, it's one well, of those
6: things. Go ahead, Emily. I was
0: going to say, let's just define. When you hear that term, Jeremiah, when you hear the term consumer Christianity, what do you think of How would you define that when you're mm. using that term? What does that mean?
6: Okay, so um, conforming to culture and watered down, I think, would be a good way to say it. Okay. Things that, you know, as as I mature... And and grow in my understanding of of God's word and in in relationship with with Him, I feel like there are things I begin to question, and and it's not a doubt. I don't feel that's like um, a Satan type of doubt, a tactic. It's like, you know, I don't know. So many things that a guy could go on. One, I mean, not not to get into this, but you know, I think it's a difficult thing for me. I just something wells up inside of me when. Let's say I'm in a service and they say, okay, we're going to pass around the bucket, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I understand there is some biblical, you know, backing to that. But I love the idea of having the ability to give if you want to give and just having a box, that, I mean, you know, once again, if you want to, yeah. if you feel led, then God will, you know, then then you'll go do that. Mm-hmm. I don't need. And so anyways. Um, that is that is a small example of, right. of uh, so many different um, directions that a person could go.
0: Right. Kind of just like a religious activity that you just kind of do. Yeah.
1: For me, when it comes to consumer sure. Christianity, it is the fact that I take Jesus off the throne and I put myself on the throne or mm. I put my kid on the throne or I put my wife on the throne. And, you know, uh, somebody did something, the church did something that made me feel bad so I want to go complain to the manager kind of attitude and it can be something like the donut I got wasn't what I thought it was going to be I know of a true story of a lady in Texas who left her church her church family she left because she didn't get recognized for bringing the colored toothpicks to the <laughs> to the picnic to the Sunday picnic That's what I'm talking about consumer Christianity. It's like, you need to make sure you don't say this or that you do this, and now we're so overly offended that bringing that consumer complaint department into the church for us to all have, thus those of us that work in the church, to all have behavior modification to meet all the customer service demands is an absolute joke. It's a joke beyond belief when you lay it down next to Scripture. We come to church to make his name great because he sacrificed and saved us. We come to worship him in spirit and truth. And not all the time is your worship, Jeremiah, gonna look like mine. And and, and um the, the music that you want to listen to, you know, the messages that that a pastor gives, they're always criticized. And that's why it took me over 30 years to become a pastor, because I couldn't stand that consumer mentality of. 200 eyes looking at me. You know, I was a, I was a leader in companies where I would have, um, you know, myself and maybe one or two other coworkers look at 200 eyes and we would judge them and we'd write their employee review reports. Every Sunday, as a pastor, you are being criticized or critiqued or praised, rightly or wrongly, in any of those directions because you're the one standing up front. And when you have a consumer Christian mentality, that consumer Christian mentality will cause you to skew negative. What did he say today that, that made me a little bad and feel bad or not feel good? Or, you know, how did this work out? Instead of the authentic Christian will try to draw out of that message what God was trying to speak to him. That's what I mean by consumer Christianity. You see it, Jeremiah. I know you do. Where do you see it, A, and then what do you think might be part of the solution which I think we're all trying to work out together here yeah. in Iowa.
6: Solution, I'm, I'm 100% on board with that. Yeah. Um, As you are talking, something uh dawned on me. You know, I was going to say this before, actually, as I was talking, but when a person, at least if I'm speaking for myself, when I decided to change direction, mm-hmm. and, you know, being this baby Christian, I mean, that's what being born again, right? I mean, yeah. you, a rebirth. Yeah. So, and, and I'd love, man, oh man, I'd love to just just start reading off all the scriptures I have them mapped out. You know, there's so many different scriptures that refer to this rebirth. We must be born again. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, you don't have to know what that is. The point is, is it happens when you surrender right. your life and say, okay, I'm done being numb, you know, making, making your voice, God, just, just muffling out your voice and saying, I- I'm done. And yeah. and I, I repent. I raise the white flag and surrender. But here's the point though. Um, when I did decide to do that and this repentance happened or this uh, this new birth happened and I'm this young, you know, this young baby Christian, basically. Mm-hmm. I think that there's um, almost like a, a grace that you have uh, where, let's say, you, you know, you look at other people, other churches, and you don't necessarily see any of the fault. It's like you you have innocent eye. If, yeah. if I'm speaking for myself, it's like I just have innocent eyes towards them. In in a Christian, you know, as a Christian, like you know, you don't realize that there's so much, so many different beliefs, and and you know, you almost give give things the benefit of the doubt. And, and here's the thing I love about it: thinking about it like that too. I understand there is there is a uh, another side of this where we need to point out um, wolves, let's say, or right. you know, we need to be careful about yeah. you know things. But here's here's what I'm saying: it's like I was in this state of. Um, just, just overwhelming, like just excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm in yeah. this, I'm like, I'm, I'm in God's family now. And <laughs> you know, when I'm around people that claim to be, I, I don't, you know, ask them if they, you know, if they believe a certain way, you know, about all these little details that we get into as mature Christian believers, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and there is a point of maturity, but unfortunately I think you can get to the point where, you know, we become so almost divisive and we're almost counter, you know, counter what we should be. Um, but there, oh man, there is a lot of, um, things that we need to change on. Um, and and, you know, we talk about solution. Um, before I do that though, Emily, you haven't talked a little bit. I'd like to hear if you have any thoughts on this.
0: On, well, Jeremiah's nope. hosting the show now. Yeah, yeah. I love that. <laughs> he just came in and took over. <laughs>
1: and I used to do things when we were on live radio, like if you're just tuning in and telling people who you are. Um, Del Tackett, before we go to Emily, Del Tackett has this thing called Neighborhood Apologetics, and it's his newest thing with the Engagement Project, which is his follow up to the Focus on the Family Truth project from last or two decades ago. And in that, he talks about Everyday people getting involved in the apologetics and in this stance against c- consumer Christianity, the solution is real, true Bible apologetics. And I thought, Jeremiah, he's got some he's got some chops. We've had some good conversations. Bring him on the show and, and let's just talk about it. Right. So, yeah, I didn't know he was going to turn and be host and ask no. me questions, but here we are. I love so, this. I, 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 I like, like, like people, this. You know, yeah. I'm OK, so,
0: so uh, right, I, already for, I already forgot what you were saying. Uh-huh. rephrase that for me Jeremiah what what is it that you where do you want to go with this
6: well don't feel like you have to say anything um you know I just in my mind is thought I wonder if Emily had anything to to say on this and and if you don't that's totally regarding fine regarding solution so, there's there's yeah the, yeah, the there, solution yeah and there's and nothing indeed.
1: she doesn't have an opinion
0: oh, on Oh I have an opinion <laughs> I mean she, opinions she, are my spiritual gifting Yes
1: yes Go, all right Emily <laughs> no,
0: I'm just kidding. share the wisdom Well it's funny that you say that because I was going to ask you too Jeremy or Jeremiah That's right <laughs> I was going to ask you just don't because call him Jameson. Ta- I did that right. lie. His
1: brother's <laughs> yeah. Jameson. It's uh, There's about 7 of us. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. Um.
0: We're talking about cultural Christian uh, cultural mm. Christianity and consumer, consumer Christianity, mm-hmm. but we're also talking about being born again. And I'm starting to think of like those scriptures in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 3627 where it says where God says, I will put my spirit in mm. you. You go into the New Testament in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, over and over again, the scriptures talk about the spirit of God dwelling in us. And that is the moment of rebirth, when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us and is now living and moving and working in us. Yeah, Jeremiah and called
1: it being numb in junior I, and senior high high school. And he was really dead looking for life. That's what you're talking about. Right,
0: right. And Mm. I'm thinking that that's the connection. That's the solution. Maybe, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that not understanding or not seeking that being born again, not having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, that that's what leads us to that cultural Christianity or that consumer Hmm. Christianity? Do you think there's a connection there?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) See how she... You asked her a question and she turned it on you. She's a pro. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad
6: that I asked you because what you're bringing up with those scriptures. I mean that you know I mentioned scriptures. There's so many scriptures, and if yeah. you read in Ezekiel, if you read in Jeremiah, mm-hmm. um, amongst others, there there is this point of uh, it, and we got to keep in mind too, um, not to totally derail the whole um, idea that you're pointing out. I mean, this was Israel that was you know that we're reading about back yeah. then. You know, so God's chosen people. Mm-hmm. But today, you know, I've heard, I've you know, had conversations with people about this, and sometimes it's hard for people to say, well, you know, those scriptures don't apply to us; those are for Israel. And I and I I don't know. I think it's a very hard thing to say that they don't apply to us. Right. I mean, you know, sometimes when you read the scriptures, you know, sometimes if you're not having, if you don't get this when you read the scriptures, there's probably a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, The scriptures should speak to you. Um, And and I understand that they were written, you know, way back then to somebody else and and that they're not necessarily a love letter to you, but they are at the same time, too. Right, right. So, you know, these scriptures, I think, do apply to us today. And, um, you know, we're going to say something, Chris. Just curious.
1: (laughs) No, you got to learn the ways of the the studio. (laughs) You got (laughs) to learn the ways of the studio. You just keep going. When you're done, it's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was trying to give Emily
6: some time. You know, you
1: know, she yeah. she's she's getting her time. She's she's doing what she wants to do. Trust me. She we, she is the puppet master it's of all this. How we <laughs> communicate? Yeah. We, we
0: communicate with sign language. Let me pick it up. Let me pick it
1: up. Um, where I you know where I was signaling that I I've got something to add on to that. That's okay. what that was, Jeremiah. <laughs> all
0: right. And usually right. usually,
1: usually we don't something. stop and and identify that. I sense okay. that through the spirit. This is this, is, this is your... I
0: love this. This is one of my favorite shows we've ever done. <laughs> let me let me share with
1: you what i think you're this talking my about my favorite show that we've
0: done
1: <laughs> being your only show yeah. that's, that's pretty good um but no uh Je- um jeremiah 27:11 yeah. yeah yeah jeremiah 27:11 right. uh i know the plans i have for you plans to you know prosper you not all to right. harm you people call this their life first they have it on plaques they have it on all this stuff mm. well that wasn't written to them Right. that was written to the Babylonian exiles specifically. But here's mm-hmm. why I say, okay, it's not going to be my life verse because of that, but it can be yours. And let me tell you why. The same God who said that to them is the same God who we worship, who we serve, mm-hmm. who we honor, who we try to be uh, you know, the best we can with his strength in us, living out our growth and our sanctification, our spiritual formation, or whatever you want to call it. So, Taking things that—I always ask myself this question when someone—because you had mentioned that, you know, people want to pick and choose whether this was written for them or whether we can identify if it's just for Israel, if it's just for Mm. that culture. Well, it's pretty easy. Scripture interprets Scripture. Yeah. And let me ask you this question, honestly, and I'm talking to all people of all walks of life— is the Scripture you're trying to discount because of one reason or another something that convicts you or makes you accountable or makes you responsible uh, that you don't want to be? Yeah. That's usually what it is underneath, the, underneath all of the mumbo jumbo is somebody who does not want to answer to God for what God yeah. has called out in His Word. Yeah. So can somebody say... Jeremiah 27:11 is not cannot be your life first. I think they have a legitimate right to say that because it was written to the Babylonians. Can somebody else say that's my life first because God had did that for them? I think I'm claiming that he's going to do that for me. I love him and I and I'm 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 asking God for this promise over my life. Yes, they can. Now, those two things contradict themselves, Chris. No, they don't because it's in the intention of the heart and so there is freedom in Christ. What we can't do is take mm. the scriptures and then say, this doesn't apply or this wasn't right. Or, you know, we had, uh, you know, just in the last couple months, uh, I, I, I had a guy say that I can't believe in the Bible because it, it tells me I've got to marry my sister or my, my brother's wife if he dies. And it's like, that's that's not what that's <laughs> saying. And you have to understand the culture that that was set in. Right, you know, th- right, yeah. that's like saying, right. that's like saying that if, if if I die, Emily's going to cash in my 401k you know if you
0: had if one. I had
1: one you know I mean that, that would be a, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother show. So that's what we're talking about is people picking and choosing scriptures in the middle of consumer and cultural Christianity and it weakens not only their faith but anybody yeah. that they can influence. Yeah. yes
6: Yeah, yeah I mean as you're talking, I'm thinking you know there's uh it's almost like it, tell me if this is kind of what you're saying um, because if it is, I totally agree with you. It's like we pick and choose sometimes it's good to uh, it's necessary it's, it's okay to use scriptures for certain things but then other times it's not right you know so yeah. in in the you know in this case you know where you're talking about the 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 guy that you're talking to he actually was using that scripture and he was he was using it wrongly. Sometimes people will take scriptures and they'll use them wrongly and, yeah. and it's like their their ticket to do something where this was yeah. kind of his ticket to say, yeah. I don't want to do
1: that. Yeah. yeah, let me give you, you know? guys another example. Another example is in Ezekiel, God tells the prophet to get his wheat, his barley, the dung, and go and make uh, you know, make bread and make feast. And eat. And, and eat <laughs> and, and, and to the glory of the Lord. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, you know, yeah. you know, I don't have the scripture in front of me. Well, somebody says, I can't trust the Bible because God's asked the prophets to eat dung. And it's like, that is not what God said. Okay, if I told you, Jeremiah, let's get some burgers and hot dogs and charcoal and go meet at the park for lunch, are we eating the charcoal? <laughs> are we eating the charcoal? But but the point was to try to lower God's words down so that their liberal philosophy can flourish. And it's like, that's just horrible. That's horrible. And I feel my heart breaks for people who can't see, I mean, there's so much out there that will share with you the 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 culture that these things were written in and how it's can be applied word for word, cover to cover, Genesis one through Revelation twenty two, over our lives. That's why we're the Bible idiots, you know. And so, have you seen that too as you've been combating cultural Christianity? We're almost out of time. Uh, so, the scripture's make, oh, no. out of context. Yeah, Are scripture's out of that? context yeah. is kind of launching to Jeremiah. Your final thoughts on your first yeah. appearance yeah. on yeah. Uh, No Apology with so, Emily?
6: Um, scripture's out of context. I one hundred percent would say that would be something um, you know that would that would play into this. Uh, definitely cultural Christianity. And, and so, you know, uh, there's one thing that I feel like I really wanted to say, you know, as well throughout this, you know, with with this born again experience and going and actually discovering the goodness of the word of God, like we're yeah. talking about here and not just the sugar coated, you know, um, varnished, you know, uh, truth. Yeah, you know, I'm talking what the Bible says and in, you know, I as, as time gone on, you know, the the scriptures began to become this. This rock of like solid truth that I can build this foundation on, and I and that's I guess one of the big major points that I would like to make. Mm-hmm. In, in not only like I want people to be born again, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, yeah. But here's the thing: God will show you that this is a foundation, uh, a uh, a foundation worthy, you know, you can build your life on this. Totally, you know, this the Bible. I think it's unfortunate that so many people have chosen to avoid, um, become, you know, they've chosen to become numb to God mm-hmm. and, and they're missing out. The scriptures, you know, we could get into, you know, science in the Bible, you know, and we could get into, um, I mean, so many, once again, so many different areas. And I'm like, people don't realize that. It's so sad to me that people would rather take one side as opposed to the other. I was there. I know what it's like. But I want people to be on fire for God. Yeah. You know, knowing how good He is, mm-hmm. knowing how good His scriptures are, and in living a changed life um, ultimately from it.
1: The I best really way that. to destroy Christianity in someone's life is to A, destroy original sin and B, destroy the Bible. That's mm. that's the game we've been fighting. Emily and I have been creation speakers. The next time you come back on the show, I I, I don't know, I don't care how many times you come on the show, I want you here for Russ Miller Day. Oh Russ yeah. Miller's coming on. We just got to schedule it with Russ. Russ Miller's a creation speaker. We were creation speakers with Russ. And he always says, word for word, cover to cover on the Bible, you can trust it. And I believe I that believe so that. much that I've put myself out there, I've taken my wife with me. We've put ourselves out there knowing that the science will always back up what scripture says. Yep. For yep. example, this is just a quick one, and then we got to end this yeah, segment. Yeah, right. We got to move on. They will bring forth after their own kind. Macro-evolution, there's not one single scientific discovery, not one dig that has ever uncovered the missing link, because there is none. Everything has always brought forth after its own kind. Microevolution adaptations within species, that's real. That happens. That's something that's observable. But macro evolution is a theory, it's a flawed theory, and the Bible is true. And I'm just telling you, when you put your faith in God through His Word, He... Lays everything else down. Jeremiah, gonna give you a final word on this segment. What do you think? Uh, you know deep down that
6: if you haven't changed direction, that you need to change direction, just like I did. And, and I'm I'm saying that because I believe that the Bible is true and the Bible says that. I'm not the ones, you know, that that came up with that. I think that God has put a compass in each one of us and he wants us to turn. We know that we've sinned. Jesus said, I've, I've come to this world not to save those who think that they're righteous, mm-hmm. but those who know that they're sinners and need to repent. And then what happens is the the best part of it. We become a new creation. God changes us from the inside out. And we don't put this fake cultural Christianity on the outside. You know, this, this thing that's on the outside of us. It's, it's from the inside out. And, and our life changes. And it's actually good. It's not... You know, this this uh, waterless cloud, you know, that, (laughs) you know, people people aren't going to get anything from. You know, or an Aurora tree. You know, I'm not to get into all this. That's going to get nerd. We're going to get, you know, it's
1: hey, just, hey, we, we're, what are we, uh, we're 38 minutes into this segment, which we said was going to be 20 to 25. <laughs> okay. So I can't right. go Aurora tree with you. Today. Read your Bible.
0: I want uh, to, we're going to talk about Aurora tree next time. Next time, market.
1: Yeah. Next time Jeremiah, Jeremiah Beaker
6: comes right. on the show, it's Aurora tree. Let him finish his thoughts. Yes. All right. Born again. Yes. Read your Bible. Yes.
0: You know, yeah,
6: but um boom,
0: I love that I boom love, shakalaka. I love your passion, Jeremiah, because I think you've just really hit on something, and that is being born again yeah that the spirit dwelling in us is so important because when you know it, the Jesus said, "I'm the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Mm-hmm. and so when truth is dwelling in you, and you start talking to someone else where truth is dwelling in them, guess what? Truth recognizes truth, and there's unity, and there's fellowship. And if you don't have the Spirit dwelling in you, you're not going to have that intimate unity with other believers that the Bible talks about. So I, I love the fact that you're passionate about being born again, passionate about the Spirit dwelling in you, and passionate about conveying that message not just to the youth that I know you that you work with a lot but to all the people around you. So thank you so much. Jeremiah,
1: thank you for, having, for having the courage to come on the show. We really appreciate having you here, um, and uh, we'll, we'll touch base. If you want not, if you want to be like Jeremiah, you can. You might not be able to sit in the chairs in the same room with us while not looking at each other because but of these cameras. But you can cameras, read but.
0: about the Aurora Tree. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, you can go to freshroadmedia.com. It's on the bottom of the screen if you're watching on Rumble or on YouTube. Um, FreshRoadMedia.com, and there is a spot where you can be a part of the show. Yes, you click on that link, and you can record a message, and we're going to start playing those on the show be as we start taking show. topics. For example, had we, you know, really been rolling, you know, we're just getting rolling now, but had we really been rolling, we would have put up the question on the website: What do you think of consumer Christianity? Yeah. And then you could have given your feedback, and then we could be playing that right now on the show uh, while we're doing that.
0: Absolutely, and you can leave it. You can leave a voice. You know what I mean? You can actually talk. You'll be on the show with us. That'll be great. But some people don't want to do that. You can also just text, you know, type uh, whatever your questions or comments are as well. So we would love to have you be on the show. If you need prayer, you can get prayer at freshroadmedia.com as well. Thank you. And join us again. No apology with Emily and Chris.